Does it feel like an extended snow day? It feels like an extended Thanksgiving meets Christmas meets summer break. Yeah. With a pandemic. (laughs) Yeah, you can't go nowhere. Yeah, right? Of course, my my childhood was mostly staycation stuff. We didn't go a lot of places. Yeah, I'm finding myself like just uh, not too removed from everyday life. I mean, I am wearing a mask and rubber gloves while hosting this show with you. Well, I know. I'm infectious, I guess. That's a little abnormal. No, it's not that you're uh. infectious. It's that either of us could be asymptomatic, and then we could go out and pollute our surrounding areas. It's definitely my fear, for sure. I feel the feel the heat is on. That's a good song, by the way, Glenn Fry. It's been hot the last couple of days outside. It's been nice. No, I'm talking about a different, oh. a different heat. The pressure of like doing the show... Under the circumstances that we're in right now. We can look for other ways, but, I mean, yeah. it's more fun breaking rules, right? Yeah, it's a lot of fun breaking... Well, we're not breaking any rules. This is essential. What what episode are we on? 22. M22, and that is a pill and a gun? A pill and a gun. A pill and a gun. That lets you know it's going to be a hell of an episode. Methyl Dopa. Methyl dopa, M22, is used for the treatment of high blood pressure, hypertensive emergency, and belongs to the drug class agents that are centrally acting. I so, like how you skipped that word. I would have too. Antiadrogenic? Anti- yeah. Uh, yeah, good, right. good job. <laughs> Methyl dopa might be seeing a lot of action these days. That's true. M22s might be seeing a lot, a lot of action, action in the future. Not quite yet. Man, that's a decent opening, actually. I wanted to ask you. I've been, I've had this question on my mind for a week now. What are the crime numbers going to look like because of this whole situation? I would expect I, I them to drastically down. go down. Yeah, definitely drastically going down, I believe. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, you hope that, um, I don't know, maybe that changes a little bit. Maybe not. It could long term, right? You would hope so. You know, maybe people, I don't know, see a different way instead of crime. Self-reflection? Of course. Man, maybe. I don't know. Police, though, are also taking advantage of this, right? Knowing that people are going to be at their last known addresses that have warrants. That's true. I think they're taking advantage of that a little bit. I got to take the mask off because I feel like I'm developing a fever with it on since every single breath goes up into my so glasses. Oh, I got you. So you're yeah. feeling feverish now. No, I'm not I'm not feeling feverish at all. Okay. Wait a second. All right, so yeah, first time ever I'm meandering. Um, got my thermometer in hand. Can't be too safe. I'm just going to click it on. And we're going to see. I'm going to go with 98, 98.3. Uh, 97.8. That's the cold-blooded Canadian in me. So... <clears throat> Yeah. I'm all right. Not even going to check you. We know you're ill. (laughs) (laughs) The mask is going back on. Yeah, you need it. Uh, So, how have you been handling this as far as a... uh, I I think it's not spilling the beans or anything like that. If we say you are an office manager of an office. Sure. So, in a certain certain way, you've been affected. Yeah. Definitely. I don't work. I don't. I don't feel like I have to work as many hours anymore, uh, mainly because a lot of things have cooled down. I've been able to catch up on some stuff, but it's really weird because I don't have a real good environment to work from home. I mean, I've got a desk. 
but I'm not free and clear of pets, and my pets are all in my business when I'm working at home. I just feel like my day flows better if I'm still in the office, but I do have an office. I'm separated from everyone. Right now, even at peak time, there's probably only four people in the office, and everybody has their own office. We're spread out. I think it's still pretty safe as far as that stuff goes. It's a little weird, though. It, it is. It's surreal, I guess, is a word it's that people... definitely surreal. The uh, I've been out in the streets every day this week, uh, be just getting some fresh air. Uh, not in public places. Me and my daughter have gone to seek out some city parks and some secluded areas to just get out and stretch our legs. And I would say the streets of North Dallas... We're in North Dallas, by the way. I would say they're... 30% capacity, uh, maybe even less, which is, in a lot of ways, very cool. It is. And very interesting, <clears throat> and, and I wouldn't mind if that were the new normal. That's not a worry either, but I'm not inviting the thing. So I am, we are self-quarantining for the most part, uh, minus the physical activity, and that's it. But we know people that are still business as usual, um, and we know counties locally that are business as usual. And I just don't get it. I, I just do not get it. I, I told you before the show that I feel we're at the mercy of idiocracy, and that's a weird thing for us to say because for ten out of the twenty-five epi- or ten out of the twenty episodes, we've sort of highlighted how how idiocracy moves and how they how they hold back certain aspects of society in many regards. And in this case, we need them to take their role pretty seriously. Yeah, but I mean, some of this, though, is kind of the American way, or maybe it's sort of free society-like. We we have our independence so much. When you start to think about restricting some of that independence, I think a lot of people have a problem with that. And then I also think you have... It's, it's really strange. I feel like the, the very young... And by that, I mean 16 to maybe 23, 24, 25, feel like they're invincible, this won't hurt them. And the very old seem to have this same invincibility, like, this is nothing, I'll handle this. And it's like... I've been through World War II. Yeah, it's like, you you really need to take it a little bit more seriously than that, you know? Yeah. Um, And then you've got, then throw religion in on this. And boy, I feel like they're trying to capitalize on this whole thing. In what sense? <clears throat> more influence, more in a lot of ways it's hey, we're not we're going to still meet, we're going to still have congregations, we're going to still do this. Let me give you a blessed napkin. You won't get corona. Or hey, buy this drink for $300. It cures corona. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, uh, just from yesterday. That standpoint. You're right. <laughs> Karma's turning around pretty quick on some of those folks. Uh, just yesterday, an Arkansas church that defied uh, the local regulations held mass on Sunday, and I want to say 30-plus folks, 30-plus, came down with the virus and tested positive after that. So, yeah, this thing's not playing around at all. I'm I'm okay with that. I don't want that to sound harsh or too straightforward but yeah like i just said we we are at the mercy of how the most negligent people out there treat this accountability wise and knowledge wise and informationally speaking as well and yeah it's it's uh 
if there is a good comparison, it's like driving on the road. It's you can be the safest driver in the world, but you can definitely still get cut off by by a jerk. It's the people around you. Yeah, it's the people around you. And the same thing is on full display here. And I'm not ready to say that I have faith in the American people. Well, you know I don't. You know I don't. And, and I'm one of those that when this first started rolling out, I was not taking it. I didn't care. I wasn't taking it too seriously. It wasn't going to affect me. And then Lone Star Park closed. What the hell? And when that happened, it hit home. No, I'm just kidding. I started to realize a few weeks, three or four, five, six weeks into it, more and more that okay i gotta i'm definitely not going down the right path and i gotta change my opinion about it and i i've always been somebody who's been a little cautious anyway and like i've i'm not a big people person you don't find me in large congregation when i go to the grocery store i like to go you know 5 a.m 6 a.m when nobody's in it or i'm in there or i'm in there at you know one or two in the morning at the end of my night when no one's in or fewer people in i don't like to hit the grocery store or anything in the middle of the morning or day I'll just pass on that stuff. When are and, you going now? Um, towards closing time is usually when I go, and I, and you know, we. What time are the senior hours? I mean, you might have a lighter. Yeah, I'm not up for the senior hours. Uh, you don't qualify. I, I don't have the AARP card, but every year that age gets lower and lower. So maybe in a couple of years I'll have my AARP card, and sir, I will take advantage of it. Don't you worry. Um. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm with you on the people person thing. I've never been one for like large crowds. I, I go to sporting events. I go to live music events every now and then, but uh, I don't go to the beach to hang out with thirty or forty buddies uh, or, or anything like that uh, on a regular basis. At least all of that I think changes long term um, with this thing. Once once it pans out, I, I don't know how certain things get going again, especially when you got somebody like uh, as respect respected as Anthony Fauci saying this thing's going to come back in cycles too. Um, this this will come back in the fall. We'll have added preparedness, but we may not have a vaccine by that point because of how long the vaccines take. Um. Yeah, the hesitation, it's such a weird dichotomy of, of values and and agendas right now. Yeah. Uh, some people are out for the right, the safety at all costs, and some people, understandably, I'm starting to understand the president a little bit more when it comes to his wheelhouse is the economy. It's strictly the economy. That's pretty much who he is. Trade agreements, he's, economy. He's a financial guy. His... Lone Star Park is being taken away from him right now. <laughs> so I like that analogy. His Lone Star Park is being taken away from him, and this is him rejecting that. But we went through the grief cycle. <laughs> Deni- the, the, the unfortunate thing is President Trump, sorry for the stutter there, but the, 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 the <clears throat> unfortunate thing <laughs> is President Trump can stay in denial for months yeah, that's and that's his, dangerous. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I think like our our concerts, our sporting events, our things like that. I think for the next year, are probably going to be different. But after vaccines out there, after uh, medications out there, after the herd immunity is essentially within the population, I think everything will go right back to normal. 
right, that, right back to regular concerts, regular uh, sporting events. That's a fair assessment if we're dealing with something that is bare well, bones the way it's being presented. True. But we know that other coronaviruses don't just like mutate every year or every two years. This one's a little bit different. It's probably more in line with the common cold as far as spreading and being everywhere versus SARS, for example. But, you know, one of the good things that I read this week about SARS was they went back and tested people who had it in the early aughts. And they still had antibodies in their blood all these years later for SARS. So that means that's probably a good sign that if you get it, you will have some antibodies in your system. So maybe second time around, as long as we don't have any radical changes or do new strains, you'll probably be able to battle it a little bit better if you get it again. I don't think it makes you immune, but it will allow you to maybe not have as big a, uh, a problem with it the second time around that you get it. Do you think this is uh, folks in in the younger age demographic? Is this a good opportunity to learn about the ins and outs of government and and how governments work? I don't I don't think so. Um, yes and no. I'll, I'll I, say why. Uh, go I'll, ahead. I'll say why I think it is because there's this weird psychology that when you watch the president talk and when you see his his cabinet of folks and his task force, quote unquote. You think that's the authority on things for how the virus is treated on a local level. And that can be disconcerting to some people because if you watch the the main show or I'm sorry, the main press conference at 5, 6 p.m. at night from him on a, on a nightly basis, what you hear from him is what you expect to be implemented on a local level if you're not conscious of how government works. But in reality... Donald Trump cannot turn the country back on, even if he so desperately needs that's, it to turn it back like, on. Yeah, states' rights. You start to learn a little bit about even how mayors. each state— Yeah, and then it breaks down to communities, right? Correct. Mayors, uh, in our state, we have county commissioners, essentially, yep. uh, or commissions that have multiple people on it, who end up making the better— decisions i think long term like we have a pretty good one in dallas uh in clay jenkins mm-hmm. i think at least he seemed out front honest open about the whole thing seemed to act faster than most people were acting even faster than the mayor of dallas which yeah for is sure a little disappointing from a certain standpoint i've heard all these folks talk and i've also on a side note i've learned a lot of sign language over the last three or four weeks because every single governor and every single mayor has the translator the sign language folks to their side oh, okay and man they are they are good entertainment they're really really passionate about their jobs and they're good at it yeah, I've heard all these folks talking. I'll be honest, man. I don't know how half of these people got into the positions that they're in. They strike me as as people who are not prepared for anything outside of the realm of normalcy <clears throat> when it comes to city operations or anything there's, like that. They're very there's like a we're, a we're talking about like the Collin County yes commissioner Collin yeah. County some of the mayors in Collin County who are you know keeping restaurants open uh with no no restrictions okay maybe like uh max of 30 people at one time but how good does that do I know some of the retail shops uh are 10 people and under it's um it's weird to see that 
a stone's throw away from where we're at right now, like literally 10 minutes. And it's, it's almost as if folks don't understand how community spread occurs. Or maybe they do, and maybe they just say to hell with it because business and, and finances are at the top of their list, their Lone Star Park, so to speak. Well, I mean, that is a very big area for retail and restaurant. I would imagine the city makes a lot of money in that area, right? But you're right. They What they're not understanding is that when they're that way and no one else is, they're like a light uh, for the moth, right? The people in Dallas will go to Frisco because a restaurant is open or because a retail shop is open. So you, you're really not doing any good. Um, you're, you're probably doing way more harm at that point. The scariest part is that the federal government is adopting the Collin County strategy. And in the next handful of business days, they will be listing uh, counties around the country from low, medium, high risk. So they'll be qualifying all the different counties. I get it. If there's, uh, if Cheyenne, Wyoming has seen 15 <coughs> cases. If there are more cattle in your county than Than people. corona cases, <laughs> then okay. Business as usual, great. But all of this seems to be forced to meet. It's like anything. It's like any bipartisan decision. Um, it, it It's two opposing views compromising and i don't know that you need to compromise with with something like this i don't know that you can um okay so you you take the uh, relief bill for example it takes multiple meetings multiple sessions wee hours of the morning then they finally hash something out but one side gets to sneak in a whole bunch of crap that they've always wanted to sneak in the other side does the same thing that's the extremely ugly it's an umbrella right of of politics yeah it's it's not like there's two trillion dollars going to businesses and people there's two trillion dollars with a bunch of fine print of stuff that couldn't get passed in the last three years on any given day, that they're using this as a launching pad and an opportunity yeah, to. Why are to we just holding this in. up for an emissions thing? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. and you know, you know me, I, I tend to be more. I'm a, I'm a moderate, but I tend to lean more towards Republican type stuff. But mm-hmm. AOC had a great point about the bill that got pushed through. You have resident aliens that pay taxes that are not going to get a check. Yeah, right. What the hell? If you're paying taxes, whether you're here, you're you're a U.S. citizen or not, if you're paying taxes and you're here legally, why are you not getting a stimulus check? Oh wait, so I'm not getting stimulus check. Well, I don't probably permanent permanent resident alien. There you you go. So yeah, that's uh, that's silly because yeah, I am a taxpayer. So yeah, I mean that's 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 ridiculous. My um, my comparison to what's going on in in that realm of politics, I, I think it bleeds over to what's going on behind the scenes with the doctors and the White House conversations. So it's 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 the fact that the doctors have their agenda, so they're on one side, and then Trump's got his, and they're just clashing on a daily basis, and they're saying, okay. Let's keep everything shut down for, I'm going to throw out a number here that I think is accurate, uh, one to three months. So let's let's shut down from, we've already been shut down for two and a half weeks for the majority of the, the major metros. We're going to keep that going through the end of April with like a one month buffer for the major metros um, just to be safe. But what we're going to do meanwhile is risk that the smaller communities don't 
inherit any of the spread and we're going to open all of those places back up. That's what I feel is trending here. Uh, so your cities like Boise, who are just starting to appear on the community spread map, I feel are going to be victimized by this. Uh, cities like Portland, Oregon, cities like Carson City, uh, on the West Coast that are lower population, 50 to 300,000 folks, but still have a, a major, I guess, contribution to the local economies where if they're shut down for one to three months, like the city collapses for the most part or, or disintegrates, kind of like Collin County. We just said it like yeah. cities like Frisco and McKinney um, and Prosper and I guess other places up there. Their livelihood, they're not getting a ton of of revenue from the computer jobs and the tech jobs that are in those areas. Travelers, yeah, it's travelers, it's restaurants, it's hotels. There and sporting events. I mean, Frisco's got they could host the Olympics in ten years if they wanted to. Not quite, but maybe (laughs) the area for sure could. The baseball games could be played there. Okay, have a nice minor league team that's fun to go watch. Yeah, Uh, that's their livelihood. uh, youth hockey team up there too that I the, can't remember the, the Allen Americans. I know the Allen Americans are a, a big hockey team. Yeah, I think it's a uh, that's in Collin County. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the uh, Collin County is definitely the blooming part of the metroplex when it comes to leisure, business, and revenue. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense for them to be pushing the needle as far as they possibly can in this, and I I, I think that's reckless. I think that is insensitive, selfish, reckless, and a litany of other synonyms with that. And I think the reflection of how we view some of these local governments lasts so far in the future with the decisions that they make at this point that if I were them, I would just consider karma to a certain degree. The, The karma of not the virus itself, but of people, of people sitting at home or people being forced to go to work still when the entire surrounding area is at home treating this very significantly. And then the workers in Collin County are still going to their restaurant jobs and their daily jobs. Well, I would think, though, that for the most part, um, businesses have probably, whether the the county said so or not, probably reduced had people who could work from home work from home. I would imagine they're following more along the lines. It's of, government oversight all the way down. <clears throat> um, okay, so it may not be actual government, but within a company itself, it's the same style. America is through and through. It it's is, the same managerial you've, style. You've got major tech companies in Collin County, in Frisco, and I guarantee you they're working from home. You bet. I, I was working you, from home before I got right. uh, quote-unquote furloughed or laid off, whatever terminology you want sucks, to go with. Man. It sucks, but at the same time, I've never felt more relieved because had I still kept that job, it is in Collin County, so there is the off chance that right. they want to return back to business as usual, and that's a smaller office setting, so I don't know that it would necessarily need to, but my psychology of things would be completely different if I had a job right now and I had to worry about going back to work. It, it was um, it, it, it was in a weird way, it was like shedding a hundred potentialities that could be affected because of this. It's it's more than just that. I mean, obviously, my uh, 
my wife uh, has just recently gone back to work and so we have a, a small child at home and so the risk reward of, of having to tell my employer when things do get back to normal like they can't go back right it, it was very poetic how it all worked out and yeah, I, I harbor no uh, no resentment for that company or uh, yeah or it, it was I couldn't ask for a better outcome to be honest. Okay. Now permanent resident aliens better get the unemployment benefits. I'll huh. tell you that much. I, I think they do qualify for those. I, I do think they but do. But it's crazy that the stimulus check is that a rumor or is that no? That's part of the plan that, that got is passed. Amazing. Yeah, and that might be that that moronic part of the Republican Party that's um, against immigration, maybe. Or maybe it's an oversight. Maybe it's just simply when they were writing it, someone wasn't really thinking about it and how that might have an effect. You know, sometimes you how worry about... How many upset people in New York City are you going to have with I know. that? I mean, New York City is... And there's folks on the front lines going in and saving lives still that don't know this detail and they'll never know this detail because I don't know how many pages this shitty bill was. But, I mean, it's not—it's never accessible to the public. Sure, you can probably probe the dark recesses of the yeah. Internet and find it. Who wants to read the whole entire bill? Holy crap. But I think a lot of times politicians rely on your not wanting to your read the whole bill. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Just like any contract you might sign. If you've ever bought a home. If you've ever got the, a the job. The mountain of paper you have to sign when you are buying a home is amazing and i'm supposed to read all this you know you're sitting across the table from somebody who just goes this is this and you just sign it and this is this and you just sign it it's ridiculous honestly it's absolutely ridiculous and so i would imagine the bill is going to be the same way and that's why you got certain politicians that are trying to tuck little things in there uh you know and that part of it is really frustrating because you would hope at this time it would be about Let's drop everything, all of our BS that we're worried about, and let's just concentrate on, you know, small business, the worker, a little bit of the economy, and let's just make sure every, we take care of these guys at this point in time, and let's not worry about all the other BS right now. But unfortunately, the way our political system works and the way that we write bills, it's not conducive to that, unfortunately. Not conducive to simplicity and no. sensibility. I mean, it's amazing that they got it done pretty quickly, but, it, you know, there also might have been some goofy thing, Patriot, Patriot Act-like, also in this bill that we're not even aware of, that might allow them to have some sort of look or peek into some technology to help track people or, tr or you know, keep track of people who may have corona, yeah. that sort of thing. You know, you may have had some little bit of, thing in here i don't know that that well, exists but that's that's a possibility there's also the rumor that the democratic side of things snuck in um some currency changes that uh have to deal with digital currency in the future uh, and whatnot so look if, if all of these little things are falling into place then they're really just doing what we always knew they would or at least conspiracy theorists knew that they would which is <laughs> Slowly trying to usher in a, uh, a one-world government uh, or, or a more controlled 1984-style. That kind of already exists a little bit. It's called the church. Nah. It's been a it's a 2,000-year-old corporation that is in every community. Yeah, but I don't think it's bled 
into the fabric of the U.S. like you think it has. I think, sure. Oh, the, the U.S. The, is founded on it, sir. Yeah, but the Catholic Church in America is not, it's not running the religious show like it is in, well, I'm in gonna, Europe. I'm going to... I just I'm going to include all denominations for Christianity. They're all, in my opinion, just one big corporation. But it's like uh, Michael Keaton and Multiplicity. They're dumber. <laughs> they are. They're. They're less in know. tune with. I don't, well, it, they've been two thousand years worth of misinformation uh, experience. I, I don't know that you can sit and say they're dumb uh, when it comes to stuff like this. They're. They might, far you might say, well, you might say they're ahead of the curve as far as influence. Who are they influencing? There's always a certain section of people that they're influencing the influence. folks that still want to go to church on Sunday in the midst of a we, pandemic. Yeah. So those people are morons and low IQ. <laughs> they, I think you'd be surprised, actually, uh, that there's probably a lot of smart people out there that. Uh, that aren't letting this affect their daily life. Yeah. Well, they're then insulated. They were, they were never smart in the first place. They're insulated, right? How so? You don't. You're not always eating in a public place, or you're not go, when you go to. You don't ever go to the grocery store. Somebody goes to the grocery store for you. Um, they they don't. Are you know talking what, about the rich at this point? Yeah. Mm. You don't even have to be wealthy to have people who do that sort of I mean you just have to order your stuff off of Amazon essentially and uh, you can have somebody you can never go to a grocery store but uh, yes some of these guys are wealthy enough to where they're insulated especially you know our entertainment folks they're insulated they're not yeah you haven't heard a lot from the celebrity side of things since this whole thing's been going on a little bit and it's always ridiculous when you hear about it honestly i I think revenue streams are are i mean th- we've talked about it before these folks have bills to pay too and they're substantially higher than the everyday Americans bills and the revenue streams are getting cut pretty harshly out there uh to the point where i I want to say marketing and advertising numbers since this thing has kicked off they've drastically just collapsed for the most part sporting events entertainment venues all of that there's no tv show uh, there's no uh award shows or uh, all of those conventions they're all they're all done so all of these little avenues of revenue that these folks had yeah they're and like you said they're a little more insulated and more capable of surviving and sustaining but at the same time their mortgage is probably in the tens of thousands of dollars if not higher um, and if the work doesn't come at a steady rate for them, it's the same situation. So they also have the internet leverage and the platform on the internet to just turn around and say, oh, I'm giving away $10,000. It's really coming from their agent or their uh, financier. And it, they make it seem as if they're the ones giving away the money so that it makes their image look good, so that people think that they're really taking this seriously. And I'm not saying that there aren't celebrities that are doing it. It's the folks that uh, that are turning it into an event that I'll never be able to jive with because it just um, it, it's it's a little um, sycophantic and uh, parasitic. I, you know, I I'm not a huge charity person, um, mainly because I don't have lots of uh, revenue to uh, sink into. Lone Star Park would disagree. Charity. They're not a charity, sir. Oh, they're your charity. No, they're not. You donate my to them on a weekly basis. Uh, I 
I withdraw from them on a bi-weekly basis, sir. But anyway, um, you know, like, uh, so when I do do something charitable, I usually don't talk about it too much. Although it is kind of nice that somebody might notice that you're doing it. So I can, I can understand that you want to say, I'm doing this for somebody because I want people to know. You kind of want that recognition. As a celebrity, though? Yeah, I think you do. I think that's just human nature, right? You want people to know you're out there fighting for them. You're mm. out there trying to, you know, some of it, I agree with you, is probably fake. I've always thought the greatest form of giving anonymously was giving anonymous, anonymous giving to anonymous. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I, I, I volunteered at an animal shelter for quite a while. Um, Same here. I had to do it. Uh, court mandated. <clears throat> uh, mine wasn't court mandated, but it was volunteer volunteering, uh, and I never really talked about it very much. Um, so it was always funny when people would have that opinion of me of not of of being, being kind a, of a jerk, cold-hearted. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and here I am cleaning out cat and dog oh, cages no, and I, walking them and yeah, all that stuff. Um, Donating to people in a crisis is is slightly different. Um, so one of the things that when I see everybody trying to do everything for everyone, what, one of the things that I wonder about is how do we know that they're getting what they're getting mm. to the right people in the right way? Yeah, it's like the old Red Cross donations after a hurricane. You you send a, a million-dollar check. But we all know. Is it going well, to the Katrina victims? No, it's Is it going not. to the Haiti victims? And I no, think it's, Red Cross is up front about that, I think, yeah. saying, you know, it's a big revenue Stockpile. generator, but we – distribute the money differently um you know you worry about like uh i read about a the 3d printing company uh i think in new york that started uh they were they 3d printed furniture i believe Mm. and then when everything started happening they started 3d printing masks oh that makes sense but you start to think about there was no information about like how they distributed the mask like did they just give them up to people who walked up and said i need a mask do they you know you know what i'm saying that's the part I know most people probably aren't interested in. They're, mm-hmm. hey, look, I'm giving this away. That's great. But I, me, I'm a little more detail-oriented. I'd like to know how are you giving it away. Yeah, right. Because um, um, to me, that matters. If you're just giving these masks away and you're just handing them to people who come up to your business and you're just handing them out for free, that doesn't seem like the right way to distribute something like that. And I'm not saying that that's this case. But yeah, I, I would be interested to see on the flip side, how are things being distributed? The track of them. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We should have some oversight like that that's publicly accessible. We don't. And there are several reasons why we don't. Because A, um, nobody is going to pay attention to it other than a handful of folks. It's like reading a bill. So even if you make a website like the FAA Flight Tracker website <clears throat> that shows you where all the masks go, going i mean nobody's gonna hop on that and actively seek it out on a day-to-day basis now what you can do is you can rely on the local government officials to see if it matches up with what the federal government is saying in this particular case i've been paying a lot of attention to the back and forth between someone like uh Mike Pence or Donald Trump and Governor Cuomo in New York, where he lays out his list of what he needs. He's clearly in the the hot spot of the United States, the epicenter of it. It's a serious situation in New York. We knew it was going to be. He knew it was going to be. He wrote down his list of what he needed. And you're right back to that standstill and that, that confrontation of... Well, he had a chance to do this from the federal government and uh, bringing up stuff from like earlier in the uh, last decade, middle of the last decade, bringing up weird stuff 
This is from the federal government saying he had a chance to get signed for 15,000 ventilators in the middle of the decade, and he didn't do it. It's this weird pissing contest that politics always turns into. But then on the other end of things, when I listen to, again, I'm independent, no horse in the race, can't vote, I'm Canadian, um, which is why I'm not getting a stimulus check. (laughs) But when I listen to a guy like Governor Cuomo, I hear a guy going through it. I hear a guy who... Um, is either a master politician, master manipulator, or he's just a real guy who's going through it and breaking it down as honestly as he can for the people that are listening to him. And I appreciate that because that's something that I jive with. It's just like if you're if you're keeping it real, it's hard to yeah. Th- it's hard not yeah, to. Yeah, this is not the time to go. Hey, you could have done this. You could have done that. Yeah. And now you want this handout? That now is not the time to no, do that. No, you just, uh, I mean. The pettiness it, drives me insane from grown men who are older than I am. Yeah. Drives me insane. It's, but, on, but at the same time, if they change their mind, their constituency thinks they're weak. And it's dumb. We all make mistakes. Yeah, we've talked about forgiving folks for their mistakes. I'm not past the point where, you know, Donald Trump could turn this around for him on a grander scale if he starts keeping it real with people. Um, you know, I don't know that he's doing a terrible... He, he speaks terribly. I don't know that he's doing a terrible job um, in handling everything. What the problem is, is he's built where, where a reputation. Is he, where is he strong right now, in your opinion? I don't know that he's... Well, with he's, handling this. Well, Where is he strong? I think, I think getting the first... You know, a couple of bills through pretty quickly was pretty strong. What did he have to do with that? Uh, well, I mean, he's he's like you said. You know, he he's the one state stating things. He's the one laying things out, and people are following. Um, you know, I just wish he wasn't so childish in so many ways. Um, but I, you know, I think he's coming around a little bit as far as this stuff goes. Um, but he just doesn't speak very intelligently. But at least with this thing, he is deferring more uh, to medical experts um, mm. than just running off with his own um, two weeks ago ideas. two weeks ago I would agree with you I believe there is a clamping down um, of spin at this point in all facets of, of being upfront and I won't say negative but harsh harshly brutally honest I I, I feel fauci's Comments just based on time and based on the amount of mic time that he gets on a daily basis with the American people. As soon as the American people caught wind, and we talked about it on the show like three or four episodes ago, uh, how good of a job he was doing of talking about the facts of the matter and what's really going on. Ever since he's gotten his bandwagon of, of folks that are like, the only person I want to hear from is Dr. Fauci. We've heard a lot more from the female doctor at the CDC, who I get it is doing an admirable job in her lane. But she's also the one who's unemotionally sort of involved in this. I mean, she's got a personal history of it. Um, her grandmother, I want to say, uh, passed away from the Spanish flu or someone in her family was one of those folks that was affected by that. So I'm sure her love and her passion for this grows from there. But she is very yes womanish uh, when it comes to, I I can tell you, behind the scenes, if the president tells her to say something a certain way, 
she will do it. Whereas with Fauci, he was sort of the, he would fight back to a certain degree because he's been in the game for 20 years, 20 plus years. So she, but for some weird reason, there's that, there's that damn intimidation factor that I'll just be upfront about it. With her, she probably feels it with Trump. She doesn't want to make a mistake. She doesn't want to get fired. She doesn't want to get removed from the task force at this point. This is a big defining moment for all these people involved on this. They'll go down in the history books as the the faces from the federal government that handled this, right or wrong. But damn, man, I've seen Anthony Fauci's mic time. First of all, Trump and Fauci won't talk at the same time anymore. So uh, Fauci will be in the background. But as soon as Trump is done talking, he leaves, whether that's because of time constraints or whether that's because their roles are being more clearly defined. That's fine. But they're never answering questions simultaneously. They're never there both answering questions at the same time. Yeah, I don't know that that means much. Anthony Fauci's mic time has gone from about 30 to 45 minutes to 10 to 15 yeah but i think when you're doing a daily update that's probably normal man there's so we could do daily updates on this and there's so much to talk about there's so many ins and outs that don't even get addressed by the mainstream media it's the same cyclical questions out there it's not it is still being treated so reactionarily that it's not even funny they're sitting around waiting for things to fall in place rather than get ahead of them you can't get ahead of it at this point. You can get ahead of the next phase of, of where this well, goes. And that'll happen because you're changing manufacturing from all kinds of angles. You'll have all the equipment and all that stuff ready for the fall. Uh, you have all the tests ready. You're, you're going to be prepared for the fall for sure. They're, they're not going to stop production in August of all the stuff. They understand. Hmm. You're still going to have certain limitations, I think, in restaurants and, and, you know, concerts and sporting events as we roll into the fall. I really don't know that you're going to go right back to full stadiums. My, my guess is that there'll still be something in place during that time. I mean, at some point, we were, we're in a numbers game, right? So let's say that 20% of the population is adversely affected. Can 20% of the population hold the other 80% back? Can 20% of the population take the country down a hole that will take it 10 years to recover? And I understand there's human faces and there's it's emotion. And the, and the right answer is we need to stand up for that 20%. We need to do everything we can to protect that 20%. But at the end of the day, uh, it, it's a numbers game. And you're going to have to say, I can't hold everything back for the 20% anymore. I've got to start to move forward for the rest of us. But moving forward is going it, back to a it, system that may have been broken to begin with. If, this is an opportunity. If this was a herd of animals, mm-hmm. we would have just killed them all the one that had the virus. We wouldn't have attempted to save the entire herd. Well, of course. We would have just culled the herd and killed them. Sure. We have no right. we have no emotional attachment to animals. Clear, sure clearly. Sure Any- Dogs, cats, are you kidding me? These are people's kids on an individual level yes but on a mass level no we don't we don't sit and i mean not the average person doesn't sit and cry at the fact that millions of dogs are euthanized globally and cats are are euthanized on a daily basis i think that's our human condition to not think about that stuff so that we don't have to address it or right 
embrace it emotionally. But we talked about how this shatters that because as mm-hmm. soon as it, it as soon for, as it impacts for a very you, short period of time. Oh man! But I don't think it's going to be a short period of time. If people have to sit and dwell on what's going on outside of their outside of their homes for one to two months, even at a minimum, that's a long time. That's a very short period of time in someone's life. Very short. It's minuscule. Okay. And, and yeah, have while, you, while they're in that moment. You haven't experienced cabin fever yet, have you, with this? Because you've been out and about yeah, for the most I, part. Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I did not do, I did not leave my house from the moment I got home Friday night uh, until I went to work on Monday morning. Okay. And so that's really unusual for me. I'm usually not in the house at all on Saturday, hardly. And eh, I'm usually sleeping most of the time, catching up on some sleep on Sunday. Um, so it was a little bit different for me, but one day working at home and I, I had enough one day working at home. It was not, so not great. And, and as I'm looking for this weekend, I'm thinking about maybe I can go fishing. Where can I go fishing? Maybe mm-hmm. I can get out of the house. I can't do what I'd normally do, but I'm starting to think about other things I can do outside the house, which is not what I should be doing. I should be staying in my house. Right. Uh, but so I'm not already, thinking about that. I know. But psychologically, you will have to cave into that if the restrictions on this, based on the intensification locally. I got to be honest with you, unless there is a military person at the end of my street not allowing me to leave the street. um, Don't. I'm I'm going, you know, I'm just being honest. I mean, this is, it's it's almost like what it comes down to. Well, there's not enough military personnel to put on every street. In the major cities, there might be. No, there's not. And what a waste of time. And what a waste of time that was. Well, it's not like they're busy doing anything else right now. None of our enemies are are even capable of doing anything right now. (laughs) But it would still be a waste of time to redistribute people like that and lock down. You lock down people in a military type situation, you got riots on your hands. That's when people are going to start going ape crap. But it seems to be working fine in the hardest hit parts of Italy. Right now. And that is Italy, which is a completely different culture. And right, but... Completely different. But then the, and they the, got, the thing would be... And the thing is, they're, they're a small population and a small landmass, and they have been hit. There's probably not a person in Italy that doesn't have a family member or a friend right. that has it. It's not that way here. Not that way here yet, but we're a week and it, a half into it. What if it well, gets We there? know it's been here two months already. We speculate that it has, and yes, uh, but in well, small we know the numbers. first cases were in the first of February. Yes, but have you seen? So the, you know, it would have had to have been here before that. Well, it, it took us a very short period of time to surpass China in testing. Take that for what, it, or uh, well, in yeah, case count. Once take we, that for what it's worth. Yeah, well, we had probably had three million people who had it, but they just want to report eighty-five thousand um, and whatever amount of deaths. We're on our way to getting hit very significantly by this in multiple regions of the country unavoidable every major metro essentially is unavoidable so then it does boil down to but you know everything that we're doing is just to slow the progress it's not to eliminate it nothing we're doing will eliminate it staying in your home will not eliminate this it will slow the process down but it will not eliminate it i thought it was a complete stop if it is a mandated Stay in your home with Humvees patrolling the streets. I. It's still. You do you think it's eliminated completely in China? 
I think now the Chinese propaganda machine is in full bore, and they're not going to report any new cases, even though there's probably still new cases happening. Look, martial law doesn't excite me, and that's not the term they would use or anything like that. Oh, um, they wouldn't use that term. Oh, they've never. They haven't. Stay used, at home law. Yeah. You'll be safe. Yeah, they they haven't used quarantine. They haven't used lockdown. They've used very strategic terms to reduce panic, and that's understandable. Um, this isn't going to go exactly how the movies have it portrayed as going. Uh, otherwise, yes, people would be in a full blown panic, and you would have purge like conditions. But. I don't know, man. I think I think this is where I do give the American people credit. If it starts affecting them on a on a family basis, if one out of five people that you know has it or or has tested positive for it, yeah, it it hits a different threshold of intensity to the point where you're like, uh, I don't really want to go to my parents house i'm i'm contemplating about going to my parents house this weekend so they can see their granddaughter but then i look at the sacrifices being made out there that are at such a significant level above like me saying we'll just hold off and stay home one more week there's people who are working 22 hour plus shifts in new york city hospitals who run a 80 percent chance of contracting this and they're just doing their job for regular pay I'm the type of person who does take that seriously and the level of of reciprocity that someone is and accountability and sovereignty that they're putting on display in the hardest hit areas. If we do that in the lesser hit areas, we treat them with a respect that can't be even spoken on really it's like a it's like a tip of the hat to, to i don't know i could say that folks. they knew what they were getting into and they signed up for that job and they knew that this was part of the thing but you can't and say so that. while yeah no, i can't well, say that everybody says nobody even even your president says nobody could have anticipated something like this ever in a million years even though pandemics i mean should I would be imagine expected. most hospitals have a pandemic plan or had one prior to this. Yeah, but we're talking about hospitals that are and being overrun a, because they don't have 500 ICU beds. That doesn't even make sense unu- to me. I got you, but it's not unusual for them. Well, it's not unusual for them to have to work long hours. It's not unusual for them to have to work multiple days, even in non-emergency situations. I would say it's unusual for them to be putting their life on the line <clears throat> 24-7. And one might say and that one might be me, that (laughs) hospitals are out for profit and they may have purposely limited the number of ICU beds so that they can maintain a high rate of charge to to maintain their... um, You mean insurance-wise? To maintain their ability to be profitable. Um, If I have control of all the... uh, Like, if I'm in control of the hotel industry in a town... Um, and I limit my ho- – like maybe I, sh- I could have 100,000 ho- hotel rooms to cover major conventions. But what I might do is instead of building 100,000 rooms is I might just build 75,000 rooms or 50,000 rooms. That way I can jack the price up and I don't really care. And I do think hospitals have done that. I think they have purposely not expanded when they had room to expand uh, to maintain status quo, supply demand. Hmm. That that's interesting. 
Yeah, I wouldn't put it past the uh, infrastructure, like the people making the decisions for the infrastructure. But we're not talking about doctors, <clears throat> nurses, and folks like that that are in those boardroom reading, uh, meetings talking about, you know, budgets and do we want to add a wing to our hospital this year or can we afford to hold off? It's not the uh, it's not the folks that are on the front line right now that are making those decisions. They're unfortunately they're the people being told to go to work by the people sitting at home in refuge and isolated from this. So yeah, what you're presenting is a discussion that should be had, but in the context of of what's going on right now, I won't say that it feels uh, it, it feels harsh on the people going through it because it, there's merit to it. But it's separated from what's going on right now, for sure. Because It's, it's kind of like signing up to be a policeman or a fireman. Um, I have all the respect in the world for them, but mm. they know what they getting, they're getting into and they sign up to do that job. They know they're going to have to run into f- buildings that are on fire. They know they're going to have to deal with people who have guns. Well, what about grocery store employees? Do How about them in this situation? Do they know what they're signing up for at a certain point i mean we've gotten we've gotten to find out very quickly who the essential employees of this country are uh just terminology speaking wise like the only people that are actively working that have not had a hitch in the step period as far as where they're working from and their job duties and all that the essential employees of this country turn out to be grocery store workers uh convenience store workers obviously doctors and nurses at hospitals am i missing anyone here Uh, first responders firefighters uh police officers yeah but they're not really even heavy into this they're transporting folks certainly back and forth they've got a big worry for all this right now why well everybody they run into could be potentially someone who gets them sick and i think quite a few people especially in the new york Police, fire department are, yeah. Act, are actually yeah they've contracted it contracted it so the jail system is a waiting in disaster area uh, for something Perhaps. like this man it's it's an interesting it is thing. but at a, at a certain point we're gonna have to get back going and ah but you say get back going why yeah. can't we get going in a in a in an offshoot direction. Well, it'll be a slow rise. Like I said, you'll still you'll have basketball and hockey by June, assuming no. they want to finish. That yeah, you will. They'll the be NBA playing season in, completely done they'll, with. They'll be playing with the, with uh, in empty stadiums, but it'll come back. Doubtful. Um, oh yeah, it will. Not with the way that the and NBA baseball was arguably will start the epicenter. and we'll have a season. We'll have a season. Yeah. Well, uh, the, all if all those guys have already had it, they can't catch it again. Uh, you know, so no, th- that stuff's going to go back in by June, it would be my guess. I wouldn't be surprised if you start to hear them practicing and starting to make plans in May. They're going to have to if they're going to be playing in June. Baseball is going to come back around. Um, you know, at some point, your restaurants are going to reopen, but they're going to have restrictions on how many people they can have in it. You're going to see a slow open or a soft open. As we start to roll back in, it won't be open the doors, business as usual. We'll have some restrictions with things. Yeah. But you're going to start to see that by May. I, I really, I don't think you can keep people from doing that. And, and you know, we're about to roll into and then what you just see a shutdown in here. September again. No, it'll just still be that same slow rollout as long as. But there's the, so many unknowns. As long as the hospitals are not overrun, and 
as more and more people get this, you start to get the herd, the herd immunity, you're going to have less and less impact on your hospitals. And once that's done, then we're right back to normal. Oh, man. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of optimistic uh, contingencies in there that depend on on the way of the virus itself and what it is that we're dealing with we to begin with. We have a really good knowledge of what it is we're dealing with. Where are we getting that knowledge from? Let's just be honest. It's a we know it's a coronavirus. We've known about coronaviruses. Where and the did family. we get that knowledge from? I want to go back in time a little bit. Who told us that this was a coronavirus? I think any time that they've... By this time, there's samples of this everywhere. And if this wasn't coronavirus, you'd have some scientist, some crook and nanny of the world that would tell you this is not coronavirus. What if you do? You've got folks that are... then 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 it's influenza. And we have a And we have a shot for it. I mean, these it's an it's an RNA thing. They can look at its DNA. They can look at its life cycle. They they just walked onto the Diamond Princess less than a week ago, and they found active RNA protein 17 days after the fact that nobody had stepped foot in there. So literally, if you walked in without protection, which you wouldn't do, of course, but even if you if you did, that's it, if you walked one in, instance, and we don't know if it was all over the ship. We just know that perhaps that was, was on in there one spate, one place. Yeah, they haven't come out and one said it was handle. all over. Right, you don't know the Why details. don't they come out and say... Because, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. For the same reason you don't understand how when somebody's giving something away for free, how it actually works in the back end, they're not going to give you the detail. Because right. the headline of, it's been there on. 17 days, uh, you know, is way more... Um, Fantastic, and it's going to get you a lot more clicks than they found one spot in one place of the ship that they think might be 17 days, but they're not sure. We're not doing a good enough job. And I say we, you and I, and other people in positions like us, we are not doing a good enough job of taking advantage of the opportunities that this sort of situation presents us. And unfortunately... It's I'm catching up on all kinds of TV shows, bro. I don't know about that's you. That's not the sort of advantage that I'm talking about, sir. <laughs> oh, Everybody's okay. catching up on TV shows. Oh. Everybody's watching the, the bullshit Tiger Guy on Netflix. I'm not. I don't yet. care about the Tiger King. I don't care about your memes about the Tiger King. I don't care what he made you feel. I don't care about whatever's going on in your Facebook profile page. I care about the stuff that gets us moving in a direction that is significantly improved from where it was three months ago. I told you this before will never this happen. whole thing. But it it will. It will not. I'm telling you that it will. I'm telling you that it regardless of the forces the the headbutt is right now the headbutt behind the scenes behind the scenes behind the scenes is the people who want this country in a going in a different direction than it was going before this whole thing versus the people that wanted to go back I, to what it was i don't know why this would cause us to change the way we run things or do things ask me ask me questions about why why you don't think this situation w- does present that opportunity or, or comment about. Well, it might it, present that opportunity for certain people, but I see no need at all to make any change. Not permanently. 
yeah, you're going to make some changes temporarily while everybody cat plays catch up with medication. I think and we all can start. Stuff, I think we could definitely start putting some Congress term limits in place. Some different changes. We might even want to change the age range. I don't want 70 plus year olds dictating what the future of this country is headed towards. They're obviously going to be. They're clearly out for themselves. Every single one of them to a certain degree, minus maybe one or two good meandering fans out there, maybe minus one or two of them, everybody has their own personal agenda. They're all selfishly in it for whatever reasons, uh, whether it was some fucking blood pact that they <laughs> signed years ago or whether it's just because they're greedy businessmen. I don't care. But they're not the people that should steer the country. It just doesn't make sense because all they're steer, steering it for, the only constituency they're steering it for is their lineage that's already born into wealth, already born into stature and positioning that needs to be insulated and kept the way it is so that they're guaranteed their optimal outcome. But what happens is you lock out everyone else. This is a... This so is, instead of... Blaming voters and people in the way they vote and because the people have every ability and right to make these changes, but they choose not that's to. That's a facade. So, so what we have to do is change the law. That's a facade. You know it is. At the end of the day, y this is why you voted for Harambe, because you were presented with two choices, really. You knew that everybody else on that list... Doesn't matter if you check their name. They were nothing. Your vote did not count. No, it doesn't. There, there for is president. A, it doesn't. It doesn't matter who you put in. Republican, Democrat. It's all the same. Right. But for local council, it it does matter, right? Could could. But even the people but for that the are, for the senators and all those people, if if there was really a big, if you really wanted to make a change, that's where you make a change. Don't vote in the seventy year old. You don't have to. You don't have Emmy to. Emmy disagrees. Yeah, does she? She's like, don't be talking. I about don't even want a seventy-year-old on the ballot. Look, the look. You know, you want you want the older generation there. They're outside of Trump. They're generally calmer. They've already been through it. They have experience. I think that's necessary because you cannot let young, emotional people make these decisions. You have to go through life. You have to go through experiences. You've got to knock some of that emotion down when you're talking about government. Well, that's why this flattens the entire entry for everyone in the future. What I mean is you'll have a 35-year-old or a 40-year-old guy who comes out of this saying, the 70-year-old might have been through World War II, but I went through the corona crisis. And I handled it on my local level the way I did. And our our city yeah. saw a 1% case, uh, okay. case size, and but we're a major metro. Let's look at 9-11, though. Um, that did not produce a major presidential candidate. And you had two people who, who, in my opinion, stood up and were pretty good during that time in New York City. Well, I mean, Rudy Giuliani really didn't have an option, did he? He was either going to, what, uh, be there for his city or or what? Yeah, he okay. was backed into the corner. So then people dealing with coronavirus right now really don't have a choice. They're they either going to be there for their city but or they, they're not. But they do because people aren't the, dying the, left and right. They, there's not 
There's not calamity in the streets. It's a health crisis. It is not a terrorist act, or at least we don't think it is. Hey, by the way, I saw that your asteroid theory that I don't know if you actually talked about or not. It was like the top news story on Snopes. Snopes? Yes. Hey, shout out to Snopes, yeah, friends false. of the show. Yeah. Oh, it was the, it showed false. up as false. <laughs> uh, there is a comet that uh, is apparently getting brighter in the sky, brighter and brighter. No, man. Uh, look, I'm allowed to have my, my personal <laughs> theories. <laughs> I'm allowed to have my secrets and the stuff I don't talk about on the mic. Don't oh. don't bring my asteroid theory. Yeah, anyways. might hurt your batting average. It's no, no, no. Oh. Well, yeah, because if my <laughs> my obviously if my theory is correct, that it doesn't matter, and then at We're some point dead. in the next six to eight months, <laughs> it's just gonna be lights out. You won't have the chance to tell say, oh, you're right on that one. <laughs> well, yeah, right Maybe. before it hits. I'll be it able does to depend. Yeah. If an asteroid hits like in uh, Mongolia or something like that, there's certainly a chance that uh, we're still here ticking. There's other theories out there. There's the 5G talk. Yeah, that's that's too much. Uh, President Trump cause this. just this past week passed some legislation, swept it under the rug, so to speak. Dealing with 5G and dealing with the acceleration of that rollout. Perfect timing for that. Not going to find a lot of resistance in the medical field with that one right now. So that was passed. Uh, I watched a video from a professor who just gave a background on not necessarily the 5G coronavirus correlation, but the fact that there's undoubtedly one because of the way that the electrical grid over our heads works. And also the fact that 4G, I'll jump the gun here a little bit. 4G came out in 2009, early 2009. The rollout of that presumably was summer, fall 2008. And swine flu reared its ugly head right after that. There are things that I don't think even scientists have access to when it comes to the effects of putting satellites in the sky, thousands of them, that beam down signals in electrical capacities that are basically just a large hovering penetration of low low emissions, granted, but, but they're still all up there. And now they're on ground level as well. It just, it's hard to, you've, since our first talk on 5G, you've spent a little more time researching it. And you know that there is some merit with the the, the effects. Yeah, I, I, some of the science that you, where the wavelength of it is short, it's really close to that line of being dangerous. Um, there's definitely, you would think and hope there would be a little bit more There were schools, study. there were schools with 5G towers locally near them in 2018, 2019 that were part of the preliminary rollouts that saw kids fall ill from some radiation exposure. There are small stories out there of that existing. The one that I know of specifically took place in Northern California uh, sometime in 2018, late 2018 or early 2019, where one school that was part of the 5G testing 
um, area had a tower put up right next to them, and kids from that exact school came down with variations of cancers. Uh, Ripon, California, R-I-P-O-N, if you want to do the research on it. You would probably just have to Google Ripon 5G, and news articles from the local uh, places would come out. And this speaks on so many things that, that we talk about here. Um, it speaks on the fact that this was a highlighted local news story, and if it was ever a national story, boy, I forgot about it, because if you Google search it, you well, certainly don't get the ABC News. Were there any lawsuits that came out of it? Yes. Okay. Isn't that how you keep people quiet? By, I mean, that's what the government's doing now. They're sending folks checks to keep them quiet. Essentially, well, you wouldn't be suing the government there, right? Or if you're, well, unless be, you consider yeah, the you'd be school suing the telecommunications. The well, the school district's definitely part of. I think they they did sue the schools. Yeah, I don't know where the fault might lie, but they would probably sue anybody related with money. And we they eliminated everything, all environmental factors, water, air. Well, it just seems too convenient. Well, the the quickest commonality to the quickest deduction was that because I'm assuming there's other elementary schools in the area that did not have towers and got the same water supply and the same and it's Northern California so it's not like a rural area so for one school that had a 5G tower next to it whereas a mile down the road you had another school with no 5G tower no kids with cancer, you would assume that they shared the same water. That's a presumption. But, yeah, the only commonality that they deduced was that tower. And I don't know how the lawsuits came out uh, for the parents. I would assume that they won. I mean, their kids have cancer. There's no denying that. And or it might be some lesser um, degree of, it's not like leukemia or anything like that, but some degree of cancer is in their children and it was attributed to that 5G tower. But you don't hear about those stories. And, and this isn't the only one, mind you. There are other stories all across the country. And there was a large constituency for it. I'm not saying that coronavirus is 5G. I am saying that coronavirus may have had some additional intensification. We might... Okay, so let's look back in time. This is uh, on board with your theory. If this thing's been around for X amount of years, it's been around for X amount of years. So why is it hitting now? Some people say and attribute it to... Some scholarly individuals attribute it to the electrical field that we are surrounded by now being drastically different than what it was 10 years ago. I don't know if I buy into that. In fact, I can say I don't buy into that theory at all. Why? It's because I don't have books of, of evidence with me right now. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It would have but come, in out 10 of, years, it would have come I a lot sooner than this. It did. H1N1, hot off the heels of 4G. That's as far as I looked back, but this guy was talking about the Hong Kong flu. He was talking about the 1918 Spanish flu and how the uh, how the radio waves drastically changed in 1918. What radio waves were going on in 1918? I would assume primitive radio waves. So AM, FM, bandwidth was probably being... Uh, I, use this, I like when I get to use this word. Erected. And uh, there were... <laughs> They were, they were putting, causing everybody to get flu. 
Okay. If you if you, okay. you know what, what's amazing to here's me, a test. What's amazing to me is that it it's not it's like as we've made progress, things happen. Okay, we make progress. Most of this yeah. progress is in travel, so. in the ability to go from one place to another much faster than before. If this happened in 1600, would it, how long would it have taken for people to put two and two together as to what it was? And what a major electromagnetic thing happened in 1600 that would have caused... I mean, we have these epidemics all the time. So what was it for the Black Plague that electromagnetically changed for the Dark Ages that caused a plague to go all the way around the world? Well, the Black Plague... This seems ridiculous, honestly. It seems ridiculous. It does. But we don't know what the ramifications of a technological age But we only have have. about a hundred years of data. Right. So we can't just... Make an assumption because every time we make some technological leap, everybody gets sick on the planet. That seems absolutely ridiculous to me. And if that were true, we should have some way to prove it. Other than some guy speculating who's also selling a book about uh, his holistic medicine, whose who's, uh, YouTube is being translated in Russian. You know, that's I, true. I, I, I feel like um, he may have a point, but... We who's should gonna, probably, we who's should, there him, should be some correlation. Who's going to bring him into mainstream news uh, and say, hey, here's a one-hour time slot on 2020 to prove how technology is a direct combatant to well, a lot people's of times, health? All you have to do is throw the idea out there, and then you'll have schools, scholars that will pick up on the idea and prove to prove it or disprove it. Um, I don't know if you know this, but some of the quote-unquote essential employees still out there, they're in the telecommunications realm, so... The telecommunications market and the companies out there, they've got a pretty big stake in losing business when it comes to something like this. Let's say we radio goes away. Let's say every satellite goes away. Yeah. Let's say every cell phone, everything goes away. Wi-Fi goes away. We won't have any more outbreaks? I'm not willing to say no. I, I think it's bullshit. Honestly, I think it's worth a test. I think somebody should go. I think a couple of tests should occur. I mean, you're some gonna, idiot out there should stand by his microwave for a whole day and then walk outside and see if he gets corona like immediately. <laughs> that's that's an at home test. People are doing a lot stupider shit. They're licking toilet seats. Just stand in front of your microwave for ten minutes. Run it while it's on deep frost for your your venison meal or, or whatever it is you were able to scavenge at the local grocery store. Go ahead and stand there, and, and if you're clean and non-symptomatic, stand there for 10 to 15 minutes in front of your microwave. Go outside, stay away from people, and test yourself again. Just for the hell of, for the sake of science. Just see if there is some merit to being around things that could, because what you're saying is that nothing can lower your immune system other than a cold or a sickness. There's nothing out in the world that can, if you roll around in the mud or if, you, if you're standing next to a 5G tower and you walk away from it, you're just in fine yeah, standing yeah, health. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to draw the line between... Uh, b- b- your immune system being weakened by a signal from a satellite or a tower. I, I need. It's to not s- just I a satellite, though. It's thousands you, of I, satellites okay, and thousands well, let, of let's towers. See it. Let's 
Let's see the proof. How do we do that? We're not even journalists. No, we're not. How does anybody? How does anybody prove anything anymore? I think scientifically you could prove that. I don't know how you would isolate someone, but you could probably figure out a way to run a test. You could run it on mice. You could run at the it on- risk of what of 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 collapsing the entire rollout, the existence of every telecommunications company. Well, there's probably a if different AT&T, way. If AT&T, if AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile are poisoning Americans in any capacity, that's the kind of story that, if there's an inkling of truth to it, it collapses the entire system. Just forces change in the system. It doesn't collapse the system. Where would we be if instead of Corona, this was a one-month-long internet outage thus far? It'd be an interesting, fun experiment. It'd be, but as long as cell phones can still work, you still have internet. Yeah, take that away. Where would we be? Oh, there's no telling. But Back the, backwards, twenty 50 years, years ago, twenty-five. Probably go further back than that. I mean, we're... uh, I've heard a lot of risk versus reward and sort of uh, discussions on, yeah, is the economy worth losing for, uh, you know, 1% of the elderly population or or 1% of the population? I'll say 20%. Okay. Somebody's got to play that numbers game. Right. That topic, certainly, that argument is not new on high levels of government. It's never been. Exactly. Not in wartime. Not in... Well, when you're in wartime, that's probably even more prevalent where you have to make decisions. So when you're not in wartime and you're talking about... We're not in space race anymore. It's the technology race. That is irrefutable, right? Over the last 10 to 15 years that we've been racing with other countries to be ahead of them technologically. I don't know if it's a oh, race. China specifically? I don't know if it's are a race. Are we in a China race with 5G? Were we? Oh, I have no idea. We definitely are. I don't Hu- even know Huawei. why. I don't, I don't know why. Huawei, whatever the fuck their name 5G, is. 5G. I don't know what. Let's say if you win that race, what do you win? Every single business. Every single business that wants to start manufacturing smart devices sends you... But they're all in China already. GE's not in China. I guarantee you whatever cell phone they're involved with is manufactured and produced and shipped from China. Okay, so what if everybody's got a little bit to win with this? That's It's consumer-driven. I don't believe this is a country yeah. race versus a country race. This is consumer-driven. Well, the consumers are the... The victims in this, the unknowing victims, they're the risk, they're, they're the, let's he- hedge, hedge our bets that they don't give a shit because we're going to keep giving them stuff. We've spent 40 to 50 years in a consumer-heavy driven society. This is a harsh reality for folks now. I mean, they, they can... I, consumer-driven society has existed since the first time man decided to put a, a village together. Okay, hyper-consumer retail consumership to the point where you have establishments yeah it's like little villages everywhere uh strip malls are just little in villages the 1800s with, with is when even in america in the 1800s you're talking about heavy commercialism 
spent, we went over it on a Christmas episode about how things changed in the 1800s to market Christmas. Oh, we've gone over all of this. Yeah. The answers to where... this is So it's not like all of a sudden in the last 40 years, it just has been out of control. Absolutely, it has. No. Hyper-capitalism and hyper-consumerism has not been something that's been around in this country since the 1800s. I think it's, it's always been here. It's just one... The items But it was for necessities, right? It's necessities versus... Un- necessities ne- change. Non-necessities. No, I heard I heard something on social media the other day. It really rubbed me the wrong way. Is it, it was something uh, in the vein of if you if you buy something every day, it's a necessity. That's true. If you buy something once a week, it's a necessity. No. If you buy something every month, it's a necessity. No. If you buy something once a year, it's a necessity. No. I don't agree with any of the of the last the the long term. So, and that's an anecdotal uh, example, but no, there's a list of ten necessities now. If there is a comet uh, heading this way, there's a, and you've got two months to live your life with the necessities. There's a list of things people will do, and there's a list of things people will not do. People aren't going to go out and buy uh, junk on Amazon if if they don't need to. What what I'm saying is, there's never been a there's never been something that inserts itself and says, you don't need to do this because potentially because there's never been. Am I just to, to believe that there's nothing out there that is working against everyday people? There's no machine. There's no secret government. There's no uh, amalgamation of, of corporations, uh, of evil corporations. Okay, evil is a strong word. Of greedy corporations that don't give a shit about the person. They just, they're just about the bottom dollar. There's no oversight when it comes to scientific research. There's no oversights when it comes to the impact of something like 5G versus the stranglehold that the telecommunications companies have. Look, I, I know for a fact that Coca-Cola buys out a large chunk of their of any study that would have Coke in it or sugar in it or refined sugar in it. They just or anything that they put in Coke. They fuel the research for that so that they can control what makes it to the public realm. I would assume that the telecommunications companies do the same thing. And that's why you haven't seen more research on this stuff is because the only way that it can come out is from the independent sources who what? What are our options? The, the problem with that thought is that th- there's too many independent resources that will can and do their own studies. They don't sit around and wait or to be funded by someone. But they don't sell their research. But we can't hold hold devices up in the air and measure the radio waves being sent down from satellite that AT&T owns. Only they know what that is doing. Oh, I think you can. <sighs> Maybe I, you I, can. It, well, then if it can't be measured, then we can't for sure say that it has any effect on us at all. No, it can be measured. I'm saying only a handful of folks have the tools and the uh, – that's what you do. In any competition, you you keep, you uh, keep yeah, the tools the, the, that you have. It's what coders do. We talk about them all the time. But no – It's job security. 
to a certain extent, but like when you're talking about code, there's very few pieces of code that are absolutely unique. There's just it's very it's gonna be very little. At, at some point, um, it's been done more than once. I mean, you have competing companies. I mean, I, I don't know that AT and T or any other provider really drives the economy. I don't know why AT and T stores are still open. I don't know why they're deemed essential, or any cell phone place <clears throat> is essential. Uh, communication is going to be deemed as essential. Cool. Yeah, I mean, you you need to be able to talk to people. Like uh, in certain businesses, you're going to have to deal with your customers over the phone. And in, if you're working from home, a lot of times your your device that you're using to work is a cell phone. You need so if you need to get a That's new true. one or you need to get a repair, or you need something. You 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 would need them. Now, should the storefront just be open for anyone, any Joe Schmo to just walk in? No. Not maybe not necessarily. Should you restrict the number of people in the store? Sure. I mean, but I. It, it's weird. We you've gone in a million different ways here, and so yeah. I'm starting to lose track of the path okay. we are going down. But I believe we're on five G. It's an angry right? path. Um, I'm a little angry if there's any merit to that. Yeah, but can you stop it? Yeah. Can you? Yeah. I, I don't know. Just man. by knowing about it. Information is how you stop these sorts of things. We live in that age. Perhaps, but you would have to well, convince the people who nah, not in this consume. Case. Nope, not, not in this consume. case. No, not in that case. You don't think so? No, they just die out if they continue to do it. Yeah, but it hasn't killed us so far. Well, again, the technology has right. only been four G's only been around for ten years. If if these G, I think te- that's how old my cell phone is. Huh. 10 years. 10 years. <laughs> if these technologies do escalate and the surrounding world responds to it in ways that I'm not saying these ways can be forecasted. I'm not saying they can be prevented. I'm saying that there's no assessment of there's no correlation done by anyone other than the independent people. Like I'm not saying that AT&T knows that 5G causes Enhanced coronavirus susceptibility. You're just worried that they did not do the research to make sure that it doesn't have a harmful effect. Yes, because you can't do the research on it until it happens. And that's what we've been hearing from a lot of people in charge is no one could have predicted this. No one could have predicted this. The president has hammered that yeah, but you've statement got home so, so many much. people telling you they did predict this and no one listened. Yeah. I mean, you've got us here. I don't know Me about personally. Us. No, I don't know about that. Well, okay. But in you the have, 22 episodes that we've put out so far, the next 10 years of existence like so are embedded in it, whether you know oh, it or not. Okay. That's how these things work, sir. All right, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> because there is a level of predictability to history repeats itself. It does. And it so does. the things that we're saying are from an educated frame of reference. They're from past experience i'm not shooting at the hip or shooting from the hip a hundred percent of the time what about electricity in your home and perhaps that's what we're talking about in 1917 electrical is electricity being more common in your home but what about things that let's say in 1900 that started to be baked in an electric oven 
were people fear? Do you think people were fearful that that would harm them? People were fearful of the microwaves when they came out, causing little, radiation. Yeah, it's damage. a little different though, because like in ten seconds you see something melting. Um, Versus, and, yeah, it's frame of reference yes. though, because nobody knew what a microwave could do yet, but they saw the oven and they said something's melting in an hour. My gosh! But they could see that in a in a wood burning. Oven. That's true. They could see With the same fire. thing. So Correct. were they afraid of the electricity? Oh, it's artificial in, to a certain degree, right? Yeah. So I wonder what our 1900, you know, I read an interesting thing about Trisket and why <laughs> Trisket oh. is called Trisket. Why? Because I'm fascinated by the No, no. Why is it obscure. called Trisket? Not why you read about it. This sounds so, cool. Oh, okay. So it's actually named because at the time it was the only thing baked in an electric oven so like they sold it as get a trisket it's oven it's electric oven baked like it made some sort of goodness uh come to it right and so it's kind of like a biscuit but since it was baked with electricity they called it a trisket so it's really an electricket yes Ah, but they cut off the electricity. It does roll Biscuit, off the tongue. Biscuit, electricity, yeah, Trisket. Trisket. Anyway, the guy who did that research obviously is isolated at home and locked down and got super fascinated. So it was a good read. What about Frito? Man, is that a first name or like I a don't nickname? Know if that is, or maybe it's a yeah. Nickname. Sorry, my, I can't. I cannot go from ultra serious to joking very quickly. That's why, I like, Trisket's in- not a joke, and we're talking about electricity. That's true. Trisket, I haven't had a Trisket But in it was ages. a lighter little... I was more of a wheat thin kind of guy. Yeah. I like the wheat Triscuits, actually. Triscuits it's, almost seem like they need a little something with them. They need a topping. Triscuits are really just like afternoon or dinner versions of uh, shredded wheat to me. Kind of. Just yeah. very thin. Yeah. With with the savory, salty aspect versus the sweet yeah. that you get in cereal. Yeah. But... I want all that shit Sorry. to go away. Had an opening. No, it's okay. Showed that Took story it. right on in. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I, all I can do is speculate on all this. I don't have the, other than my mind and my scary. intuition. That's it's <laughs> scary, but it's proven to be a hell of a tool for me. Every, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't have much to go off of when it comes to this sort of stuff other than just what I believe to be sensible now you say that's my mind sometimes you it's an interesting conversation because i'd like to discuss that uh further you say that uh that's just like the conspiracy theorist mind sometimes well no i think it's the way that we sometimes perceive things how two people can watch the same event and walk away with different views of that event right um but someone is getting more okay and that's not to not say I'm always the one, but, not, but someone's closer to the reality of the event. That's what events are are sort of set up to do, right? See, that'd be a good that would be a good rabbit hole to go down. Uh, You'd have to, to see set, if there's if, if Maggie there did is. it. Maggie did it. What do you mean? She did it with us. In what way? In she told us on episode nineteen what she did. She would get a uh, a newspaper article or a, an online newspaper article. <laughs> She was. She get an online. I do. I read papers. Oh. Um, she would get an online article and she would send it to both of us. She would see our reaction and she would see that you would, just, yeah. would call it BS, whatever. That this is just a small example, but it is an example. Yeah, I distrust any information right. that's essentially given to me but when, it, when it doesn't do. sound 
plausible. What I would do, minus the 5G video guy that is a, an outlier, he's an individual because the plethora of information does not exist for him. The backup, the support does not exist for him yet. So I have to go off of patient zero, so to speak, with the idea. I have my own ideas that I have been patient zero for on several occasions that I've seen gain traction and gain, um, not influence, but support as time evolves. So what Maggie did is she would send us the same article. You would say, yeah, this is kind of hokey dokey stuff. And what I would do is corroborate it and support it with the, the additional articles. Because I would have read something that was similar in vain to what she was saying, but it wasn't exactly Well, and we there. know that misinformation travels much faster and much you deeper bet. than real information But if misinformation does. was affecting me, I would see a cognitive effect instantly. No, you wouldn't. Your brain would not allow you to see that. It would fill in the gaps to make you think you're seeing things then what I would the way see, you want to see them. What I would what see. What makes you comfortable. Right. I agree. Psychologically, I agree. But what I would hear is from people that I respect their opinion on where my cognitive standing is. So they you would respect say, my opinion? I do. But you <laughs> never tell me. Uh, you Now that we do the show, you don't tell me that I am looking at something ignorantly or that I'm looking at it in in a really uh, misinformed way. No, I don't. Because you allow time. You allow time to say, okay, even though what he said was a little out there, he said a lot of out there stuff before, and I'm going to let this just pan out and see where it goes. You allow for time to do that. There's not a lot of people that do that. People will throw a label at you as soon as you say something outlandish if it meets their resistance mentally. That is not conducive of any progress in any way, shape, or form because what that is, it's the, it's the cycle. It's, it's denial right off the bat. My frame of mind is one that even if I hear something that I don't jive with, if it makes sense, if it makes some semblance of sense, I'll entertain it for that period of time and I'll I'll let I'll let the world dictate whether or not it's something that I should uh, add on to or, or dig in deeper with. People don't do that uh, in no, the general scope of things. I'm very cynical. I mean the way I'm looking at a lot of information that comes to me yeah. is I'm more concerned with where the information is coming from and how it's presented and what's behind it because somebody is trying to influence me and I want to understand who's trying to influence me before I start to go down any path. That's why I'm cynical. I mean, I, I think credibility goes a long way. I'll give a lot of credit for articles um, on certain websites far more than other Others. websites, mm -hmm. right? Um that is a dangerous, so, that's a slippery slope. It is, but I'm giving them credibility over history of um, them being credible. Not because I think they're credible. I it's because more than one time it's turned out to be credible. And then there, but I know also the types of information one source might be good at producing, whereas another source is not good at producing. Um, and so you, you kind of hesitate and I'm always looking for some little thing that doesn't make sense and something I'm seeing or reading and I, and that will stick out to me like a red thumb. Like, 
I guess red thumb, red herring, whatever. Red herring, sore thumb. Sure, sore thumb. Yeah, it's okay. I just combined them together. Our know? minds are working on all, are <laughs> triggering on all cylinders right now. But yeah, for me, I, I just, there are some details and stories that drive me insane that uh, don't get answered or don't, we don't go down that path. And that makes me highly question um, the sources. Certain facts and sources, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Because don't, don't, don't be fooled. I mean, sometimes well, it's always been that a, way, right? There's a core that wants to just inform, but mostly what you're seeing or hearing or reading is an agenda. Some, is something trying to influence you. An there's, agenda. There's the so agenda much to influence. influence. Correct. And so you need to be aware of the influence factor, and it's okay to question the source. I know mm-hmm. that I've I've heard somebody get say that after listening to the show a little more, they might question some things that they first hear and then just be like damn it that's morgan you know getting in my head mm-hmm. but yeah i mean you should I that's mean, kind of what we're trying to represent in a honest wholesome way look I, at the end of the day a large a large constituency of the folks that listen to us on a regular basis they know both of us and they've known us for an amount of time they've gotten to see the uh conversational level that we we've had for for a a long period of time so they know that we're not on here just putting on a face and uh trying to spin things in individual ways this is the way that we've talked for the five six years that we've known each other about everything from sports to current events to whatnot we just do it in a concentrated level now but we we don't do this enough but we're almost doing it to showcase that to the audience as a sort of like use us as a as an example of how information can constructively be back and forth to come to a reasonable deduction versus turning on CNN and saying, oh, they got to be telling me exactly the way that yeah. it is. Because dissemination or, of information is yeah. is super important. The people at the end of the day, just like the people who elect uh, officials and put them – Information is within the grasp of people. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I like about our conversations, and I've always loved this about having any conversation with you, most of them were sports in the beginning, but it's uh, it's that we can disagree mm-hmm. and not hate each other. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we both go into it, I think, open-minded with just trying to point and counterpoint each other. And to me, it's fun. It's engaging. It is. Uh, makes me like you even more. Yeah, same here, man. <laughs> oh, see, we're just we're just laying we're it all out. out. But you see, that's what happens when you have these conversations it should. without the animosity factor. Yeah. Without the uh, – I, I didn't know what your political affiliations were prior to this show. You've – uh, you've uncovered a little bit of them, but but it's not it's not like it impacts the conversation in any way, shape, or form. The unfortunate part is there are people so entrenched in in it having to impact the conversation. It's it's the way that the system has been. Like, you think that way? Well, I can't speak I can't, to you. Yeah, exactly. I oh. can't. I just can't. Or you're getting away with something. I got to get away with something too. We don't have that sort of stuff uh, here, and and even when Miguel's here, we we don't have that. And he's he's a complete third uh, separate entity who has his own psychology and his own demeanor and his own allegiances and and beliefs. And we man, there's 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 a dynamic that warrants 
study from the listenership. And that's why I listen to our stuff actively, because I go from speaker mode to listener mode to dissect what's being said, because what's being said is so dissectable at a on many different levels, on the psychological level, on the world events level, on the, from my point of view, on the level of predictability, because I, I believe that we are psychologically sound individuals that have a frame of reference and a mental state that can practice or has practiced and refined their way of thinking for X amount of years and they've gotten very good at it. You come from a different way of thinking about things than I do. I come from a different way of thinking than you do. Miguel does as well. But we're all good at processing information the way that we've always processed information. <coughs> Not a lot of people are, man. Uh, I'm trying to breathe water, sorry. Is that what that is? Hold on, let me hold my breath a little bit. You saw me take a drink. I did. Whatever. It's all right. You can't catch uh, coronavirus through. Me, Wait a second. Let me drink some of the hand you, sanitizer. Can you catch coronavirus through radio waves? <laughs> so here's Maybe he the, just rides the radio waves. Sorry. Well, here, no, no, uh, that's fine. But here's the thing: you can certainly catch insight and catch nuggets of information that trigger. Yeah, hopefully trigger, triggers further. But um, but they're getting that thinking th- about it. They're getting that through radio waves. That's true. So I'm also a person who believes in polarity. The I believe in polarity. I believe for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So if you can beam information and productive stuff, you probably, unfortunately, can do the same thing with other stuff. Obviously, negativity, right? Yeah, there's a bunch of But on a molecular level, on a cellular level, what's negativity? It's disease. Perhaps. There's something there. And if we talked about it for three hours and it was just that bubble, which we won't do because that's part of the hook of the show is to get (laughs) us to chip away at some of these uh, new discoveries week by week as time goes by. But if we talked about it for this is why I think there should be a job for something like this, something like Minority Report. (laughs) And I say Minority Report, but I mean that not in like the precog way where we're strapped to. Uh, devices that are studying our neurological, we probably already are. But um, what I mean is history is cyclical in my opinion. And human action is very predictable because for all intents and purposes, we're not doing much of anything new that we've never done before. We're It's just the surrounding stuff that's new. And I think if you really dig into that, you can reach a level of predictability with events that are involving human beings. And yeah, you can predict the future (laughs) on a psychological mental level. And that's, that's fun to me. That's, I want to get there because there are, Without spilling the beans, there's only a certain type of mind that can do it. 
and you can't teach it. <laughs> you can't teach how to. You can't teach someone how to think like you. You don't want to either, really. No, you don't. You want differing points of view. You Correct. don't want to surround yourself with people who think and act and do the same thing you do. Absolutely. You, you become way too shut off, way too... Holier than thou. Possibly, well. ho- yeah, more than likely holier than thou. I would just say more narrow frame of perspective, mm-hmm. um, which is probably which is harmful in the long run. Yes. You've got to be able to place yourself in the shoes of the other person when we're talking about anything, really. Uh, seeing another point of view for a topic, I think, in, in my opinion, is extremely important. And those individuals that can't see the other side and see some of the motivation or why people think a certain way. And I worry about you in a lot of ways because you really need to probably practice on, you know, even in just a husband, wife relationship, Mm -hmm. boyfriend, girlfriend relationship, um, you've got to be able to flip those shoes. You got to be able to try and see the situation that you're discussing or arguing about from your partner's point of view Really, to come to a little bit more of an uh, understanding of um, where you might be doing wrong. Absolutely. Of course, you know, that's... That's why marriage is is a perfect, or any long-term relationship with uh, someone else is... It's an introduction to... Yeah, uh, married people are sort of... Uh, I'm sorry, um, significant others... I, I say married because I'm married, but it, it, it's across the board. Yeah, yeah partnership long-term... Is there for you to have someone to go through that with on a steady basis and grind out some of the hardest topics to grind out daily? And that person understands in a good relationship that that's what they're there for is to give it back to you with resistance so that you guys can lower the amount of resistance over time. And then live a very happy and fruitful life. Because, yeah, I want to say that I knew as much as I could know about my wife. But then when we, uh, as the relationship developed, or uh, I want to say that I knew as much as I could very early on in the relationship with my wife. But as it develops, you learn things that you never would have thought. And they're not, none of them are bad. But uh, what I'm saying is, Personality-wise, you learn ticks. You learn. I'm still working well, on all those, and you still start, and you start to feel more comfortable with the, telling that person, "Hey, that bugs me." Yeah. Like early on in a relationship, you might, you know, let somebody who clicks a pen click a pen forever, but mm. at a at a certain point, you start to feel comfortable enough in the relationship to say, "Hey, can you stop clicking that pen because it's really annoying?" And and so that's that's that. That, Looking for a pen. That uh, that part that you just want to, uh, when you that first happens, it's such a weird clash, uh, and can be very um, detrimental if you can't get over those small little humps. I've always said, you know, one of the keys to a good relationship is being able to communicate the bad stuff as well as you do the good stuff, because you have to be able to talk about the crap that drives you crazy about the other person, so that the other person has an opportunity to correct behavior if they're doing something wrong or at least they are aware uh that that drives you crazy i think that's important stuff it really is people to uh talk about and it's hard to talk about sometimes but 
mean, it's hard, mm. but as soon as you get over the difficulty of the icebreaker, I guess, or the introductory discussion, it's smooth sailing <clears throat> over time. It really is. Now, at the same time, it does open up the potential for uh, more serious discussions than are warranted to make their way into that because of the comfort level. And I'm not talking about just marriage here, but friendships, for for example. Uh, along my life, I've had very close friends who I felt I was at a certain point where I'm like, oh, okay, now I can introduce them to this aspect of me, or now I can open up this uh, this part of, of my consciousness and my like what I want to talk about. Like cutting the small talk, but growing from it, and, and just talking about more serious shit as time goes on. What I've been f- met with, for the most part, is that I quickly am disappointed in my expectation of the other person where where I think or maybe it's on me and maybe I don't present it as I'm getting better at that too. I, I want to take accountability for it. Actually, yeah, I will take accountability for it. I won't I won't say that it's them being, you know, caught off guard by whoa, Sasha went there real quick. I wasn't ready for that. I will say maybe I didn't think through think it through or or strategize but then when i say that to myself i'm like i'm not trying to be manipulative in some of the topics i'm not trying to craft or weasel my way into like talking about some real juicy conspiracy theories but at the same time like god it's tough it's tough It's tough because these are some of the some of the questions and discussions that I think the world is ready to entertain over time that we've strayed away from for quite a period of philosophical discussion. There's been a large part to blame for uh, on this is uh, sorry, I don't want to I'm mixing my words here because yeah, uh, okay. We just got done talking about consumerism and technology and all that. A lot of that does lull to sleep some of the more important discussions, like distractions, for example. Just mentally, there's not a lot of research on what the last hundred years have done as far as stunting the the progress of, of the species itself. But there are a lot of medical doctors and experts out there that say, the human species hasn't really advanced very much in just depends on what you're talking about though. I, I, Cognition. I feel like I feel like if you if you had somebody from nineteen hundred in the same room with us, it would you would I think <laughs> we would fun. realize it would be, but I think you would realize just how far it has come and changed in a hundred years. But that's saying that's saying that we can't pick a Neanderthal off the streets right now and bring him in here and sit him down and we lose him within five minutes. But I, I think that's no knock to them either. But there's certainly different levels of intelligence. Well, out there. there's comfortable people get comfortable. And I, I don't know. I don't know that it matters any era of time. Does I think there's always been probably intelligence. Except, well, I think there's some people that um, just getting to an, a certain level is all they that, that once that's achieved that they're that's good enough for them uh you know 
for the rest of time. For a time. lot of people, that's ignorance. Ignorance is the level. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's ignorance. I, I Sometimes I'll say it's kind of lazy, but I don't know that it's that either. If they're comfortable and they want to do that and that's that's their level and they like that, who am I to judge them that's as fair. far as uh, being you know, ignorant or lazy? But uh, what if they... What you would if- hope they would want to grow and maybe they grow in other areas but here's where i think you know our drug problem whether it be prescription drugs I to talk or, to you about that too. or um illegal drugs um where i think drug use in general probably holds us back tremendously yeah i think there's a lot of that drug that just makes you happy with just being who's behind all of that what well, I, th- I think Who's behind the drugs I, I being in your face, really? I think it's human nature. Honestly, I think, um, like... So you don't I, think the fact that there's it, a pill for everything? Uh, or, that helps, but even if you didn't have a pill for everything, there would still be peyote guy, there would still be marijuana guy, there would sure. still be mushroom guy. Uh, so if the I'm not going to sit here and lie and say the marijuana mm. didn't expand my... my it, it sort of fast-tracks your... How far are you willing to take the conversation very quickly? Sort of like alcohol does. Alcohol inebriates you. The word inebriation is it's a, a lo- well. It might it might loosen a filter or two. Yes. But in the long run, with most people, I would say it tremendously stunts growth and makes you essentially a slave to it. Yes, I agree. Uh, that's that's the way it is with most stuff. Yeah. Um, most everything, even knowledge. I mean, some people are slaves to knowledge, but that's a different discussion. Um, back on the on the drugs, real quick. Why are uh, liquor stores essential? Come on. No, no, no. no. Why are liquor stores essential? They took away your Lone I need Star my drink. Park. Oh, you need. Okay. I need a drink, man. You can still go to a grocery store and buy a bottle of wine. You don't need hard liquor nah, to bro, make it through coronavirus. I need to make margaritas. I need my tequila, sir. I, and in fact, um, shout out to uh, Taco, Taco Cabana. Cabana. Oh. <laughs> Their two dollar to go margarita. <laughs> All right. This is this is the part of me that needs to roll with the changes a little bit and be okay Actually, with some I, people's way I am of having fun. not a huge drinker. I drink occasionally. I do have I generally have a bottle of tequila, a bottle of rum and a bottle of bourbon in the house and I I have the same bottle of bourbon now for almost 2 years although I did go through a different bottle of bourbon. I had two bottles like I'm down to one. <laughs> um but it's been like two years that I've gone through that. I sure mean, it has. It has. I'm not a huge uh, drinker from that perspective. Sometimes, you know, when I get the vodka, you get the Bloody Mary thing going, and I'll have a Bloody Mary every you other bet. day. But, I mean, it's not a necessity for me. But I can, you're going to have people in their homes um, allow them to have this substance that might keep them in their home, at least at this point in time. That might be why I would say it's essential. Mm. Okay. Uh, I don't want them out scouring the streets or trying to brew their own. There's no, there's no streets to scour. I don't. I don't want some I would guy think that law enforcement. Uh, yeah, I don't want the liquor store guy selling his liquor out of his trunk. You know, 
um, for on Craigslist meeting people in parking lots. You okay. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, we, we know prohibition doesn't work. Um, so y'all, so I can see why that's essential. And I can, uh, yeah, I don't have a problem with that being essential. Now, if somebody's walking in buying cases of liquor, maybe that's a red flag. Um, but it, it's interesting. I, I would that uh, it does seem like we've relaxed some restrictions in some places, or maybe that was new law that recently came in. But some of these restaurants are allowed to sell some of the stuff direct to the public now. Yeah, curbside bottles too. of wine, I believe. Yeah. yeah, I think are the big thing. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, which, you know, you'd want to relax stuff like that, let them get rid of the inventory to try to help curb uh, some of the loss. Do you think, uh, so So you still don't think psychologically the people out there are going through things? Sure they are. Wholesale? No. I mean, I, don't, I mean spring break just proves that it, there's going to be a certain segment of society that never takes things seriously. But already, those same groups of kids that we talked about on the last episode with Miguel have come back out and said they regret what they said. That's because they've been shamed into saying this. Oh, so yeah. maybe that's what it takes. Perhaps, but that that doesn't change their belief. People a lot of times will just say something because they, um, okay, I guess i got to go apologize for this, but I really don't think I have to apologize. Uh, or say anything about it. Do you think we're too easy on people like that? I, I don't know how. Do you think we're too easy on people? uh, No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if we're too easy on people or not. Um, I try to hold the people that are in my group accountable for what they say, Mm -hmm. and sometimes uh, it's in the make fun of bullying i guess you might call me i'm the big bully because mm. when you say something dumb in front of me i'm going to call you out on it or right. if you uh, or you'll say something goofy i'll i'll ask you about it um you know if you're a flat earther and you say something flat earth related around me i'm not going to probably let it go i'm probably going to start to engage you with discussion um you know i I feel like maybe we don't hold each other accountable. Like sometimes we'll sit around and just we'll entertain we'll somebody, something. We'll hear somebody saying something mm-hmm. and we'll know it's not right and we'll just let we'll it let go. We'll let it slide. We'll let it go. You've said that before and yeah, we'll we'll let it slide because we don't feel like it's our place though. And sometimes it's not. I mean, but if it's not but but what if that opportunity keeps rearing its head around? I can't and it's assume. sort of the world saying, it's the universe saying, hey, it's your place to do something. And you might be sort of like the way that the virus works. Sort of like you're responsible for knowing the, that you're carrying it. So if you go out, okay, let me tie this one up because this is going to be a tough one to tie back. But here we go. Okay. So how do we tie ignorance to this? Okay. Very easy, actually. Ignorance is a pandemic. <laughs> so... It was a pandemic for a long time. If you know someone to be ignorant or if you know someone that you love to be carrying a contagious virus, you don't necessarily let them go out and infect people. You talk to them about the severity of what they've got going on. And you have to do that carefully with people when it comes to the way that they 
present themselves, I guess, or well, how do you even how do you even phrase that? You've uh, got to be careful not to put them on the defensive, right? When yeah. you're bringing because if if they're on the defensive, you've lost. That's uh, been a plight of mine for not. I, I want to say I've gotten better at it over time, but for a large chunk of my life, it's been like, yeah, I, I've thought to myself like, am I coming off as as holier than thou to this person i'm not trying to how do i prove to them that i'm not trying to and then it turns into not dumb it down dumb it down a little bit pull it back a little bit because i can sense i can sense where that person and maybe that's a misassessment completely but then typically it's proven over time it's like for the most part, maybe I'm not giving my close enough friends enough credit uh, over the course of the last 15, 20 years. The people that have known me for a long period of time, maybe I'm not. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't know. That, that's the thing. They'll never tell me. They'll never tell me if... Uh, I think you, like yeah, if you've never gone too far, like you've overstepped your... Yeah, they'll never tell me. I'll tell you. <laughs> Good. That's kind of yeah, but you'll you'll just say uh, Lone Star Park, man, Lone Star Park. You'll give me you'll give me hints. Um, I won't. I'll flat tell you if you've overstepped. But your that's bounds theoretically. That's the no, no. But yeah, that's on a personal basis. Yeah. I'm never. That's what I'm saying. I'm never trying to trump someone intelligently speaking. I'm trying to. I'm trying to present things that they may not be prepared to discuss on a very on a very structured Some, sort of like you've known well, me for five years. Okay, when we enter year six of our friendship, this is what we're gonna be discussing. Well, maybe you, I just introduced you to my music less than a year ago. That's because for the first four years of knowing you, I'm like. I don't think Morgan is is going to appreciate this as much as he will if I let him see more of who I am before. Actually, I think whether you had shown me that <laughs> one month into knowing you or when you – I think it would have had the same um, feedback, honestly. Okay. Um, I may not have been as comfortable to give you that feedback one month in, but Fair. I would have had, I mean, I would have essentially had the That's same That's me opinion. meandering with myself. Yeah. That's, that's psychological shadow work at its core. That's what wrestlers and actors do for the most part. But the difference is, I never was putting on a, a face when I was doing that. I really was not. Sir, sure, there's a couple of lines here or there <laughs> that are exaggerated. Just a handful. Like every rapper, you're not surrounded by women at all times, left and right, throwing themselves at you. Some of them are because they have millions of dollars. The 23-year-old kid who had a couple grand in his bank from album sales, certainly it wasn't like that. But... If it makes sense to work it into the material at that point, absolutely. Sure. But I used I used music to get a lot of the conversations that I couldn't have with people around me out because I knew I could have them with myself. And I didn't care if it was just me or 
50 people listening or 100 people listening. It was an outlet to have the conversations that I wanted to have that I didn't feel comfortable having with the people around. Yeah, some people write, some people make music, absolutely. The thing is, those conversations, people need to know that those conversations don't just exist in an ether of nothingness. There is, they exist, there's merit to them. If not one single person is listening to this conversation, there is an, there is an element that is listening to this conversation. Even if it's through the radio waves. <laughs> it's seeping in somewhere. Somewhere. It's infecting someone. Uh, I'm sure there's a different way of putting that. <laughs> Especially in light of current events, sir. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I'm a big, big supporter of meaningful conversations. And I think that coronavirus accelerates all of that tenfold. And maybe you hope it does a little bit. But I I don't know. There's a, I would say there's a certain population or a segment of our population where, um, you know, talking about their day is the meaningful conversation and not necessarily discussing news of the day or politics or things like that. Here's the cool part. They don't have a day anymore to talk about. They do. They do. But it's a shared day. It's not an, it's not a boasty. Because they're still looking at Facebook, right? They're still looking at Instagram. Did you see what Susie said? Did you see this picture here? I I mean, I, I think there's still that, that they would still be able to get away from that narcissism having to specifically dive deep. They may not want to. And I think that's okay. Yeah. I think that's okay too, but it's dangerous too, because if it's holding us back in a pandemic from accelerating the information, educated and knowing you should stay in your home. Yes. So if it's holding us back there, what's it holding us back from in a bigger discussion? Like, bigger than pandemics. That's a huge philosophical question, right? Yeah. What if that's the tug of war that humanity plays on this planet to say, do we give in to the ignorance is bliss mantra? Or do we pull on the rope a little bit and say, we'll give you your ignorance, but every 50 to 100 years, we have to bump it up a little bit. Boy, I know that I'll say, I have a saying sometimes that I'll say, I'll be like, I, you know, um, I wish I could just overlook things like this and move on with life. <laughs> like this specifically? No. This topic? Well. Am I not, overstepping no, my bounds? No, no, not okay. this topic. Just like, um, like I'll notice a detail and an issue and I'll wish that I could have just ignored that issue and just have been oblivious ah, to I it see. and it could go on and I would never think about it again. Yeah, but you can't but do that. I can't do that. Right. I have, that bugs me. Now I got to look at it. I got to investigate it. I got to talk then about our it. Brain, I got to fix it. Then our brains don't work all too differently. No, they don't. I just feel that way about world issues, <laughs> about, about human issues. Uh, and I think you do too, but also... You're 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 coming from a more uh, not managerial. Okay, yeah, I don't want to overstep my bounds here. You're coming from a um, top-down view of it. Yeah. To where your responsibility is to do that. You can't let it slide. 
You can't. Even because when, if you let it slide, yeah. Then but even when I'm when I've even when I've been on the bottom, mm-hmm. I've never been able to let you know. Okay. Let that slide. That's fair. Does that make yeah, sense? That makes sense. Like it, it, when I was on the bottom, whether it be learning or a job or whatever, I could never just let the little thing that didn't make sense go. Yep. I never could. Which is maybe why. How do you get along I've, with your wife, Morgan? <laughs> When it comes to that. Because, um, okay, that's you know, a different discussion. It but. is because, well, what you learn is you, at least what I've learned is there are certain things that you have to let that I have to not talk about. Okay. And then there are certain things that I can talk about or there's certain ways that but I can. you're not married to the outside world. N- no, I'm not. So there's no, there's no, there no, shouldn't be a, a bar that says, yeah, I'll let that one slide because we have to live together. But you got to be careful, right? Yes. So like. Um, in a bar scene where a man is not treating a woman very well, you really can't jump into the middle of that because oftentimes the woman turns on you even though you're to protect her. There are certain situations where you might get killed getting in the middle of something, so you just stay out of it. Fair. Um, You know, even sometimes the part that you are seeing may not be the whole part. So you may be making the whole wrong interpretation of the whole situation. So sometimes it's probably best to not immediately act, try and fill some things out. But, uh, you know, I've definitely told people they need to watch their kids Mm -hmm. in situations where I've been on jobs or I've been in a grocery store. I don't have any problem talking about uh, talking to a parent about, their kid running wild ass. And honestly, that's my experience in the hotel business. Mm. Why people think they can just go to a hotel and let their kid run wild and the hotel staff watch them. Yeah, right. Or, you like know, it's correct a daycare them, like sorts, it's daycares. It's I have no idea. Uh, why you bring soccer teams and all the parents go get drunk at the pool while their kids are kicking soccer balls down the hall. It, like it's no big deal. It's, it's a shedding of responsibility. You, uh, it's psychologically, folks walk into a hotel and they say, "Okay, we're under someone else's roof now." So the rules that that are apl- applicable under our roof no longer apply, and I'm sort of handing over the responsibilities to the people providing us with the shelter now. That is a dangerous psychology to subscribe to because it's, uh, yeah, it's. Um, it's it allows you to be puppeted if you bring that across like it's it's probably at the core of it why people are dependent on governments and managers to you know hand handhold them through certain things because they have no sovereignty themselves they have no accountability for their own actions so every turn where they can hand off accountability to someone else or they some do. establishment no one wants they to will take responsibility for their own actions Here's it's always somebody else's fault why something happens to me. It's never my the choices I made in life. Okay. Can you tell that to the president of the United States who keeps blaming other people for the situation that he has to deal with and he has to be accountable for to a certain degree? Uh, that's that's different a little you bit. You just don't because, want to get fired? No. I don't yeah. I enjoy my part time job in Langley. <laughs> but <laughs> they won't even send me the the stimulus check. <laughs> Sons yeah. of bitches. All the help I've done, all the help I've given, all the intel. Right. There's been a lot of intel. I'm not going to sugarcoat it anymore. There's a lot of intel that they squandered, too. But it's okay. Yeah. One day I'll be... 
I appreciate it. One day I'll be in those positions to not squander the intel. I know I will be. And I won't squander it. I think it's more fun being on the outside going, huh, told you so. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, but if you do that, then you come off holier than the hell. And yeah, you get well, oh, that's probably, yeah. I, I do that probably too much in life with certain things. but What I've noticed that, is that everyone's in, in competition mode when they shouldn't be. Even when it comes to, uh, you've talk, we've talked about this on the show, uh, being first. And the race to being first and how that's not always like the healthiest race to be in. No. Look, I'll be honest. If the race was to be first in certain regards of things out there, I would be A to Z very quickly with some of this stuff. But that's reckless of me. That's reckless of me to come on here or even write down every single thought that I'm having on the situation and and then I look at my standing so far my batting average and <laughs> if I'm batting 400 it's reckless of me to say if I write down every single thing that I think is going to happen that I'll still want to maintain that average you know what I mean because I'm not saying that I couldn't but I'm saying that w- do I want to? Do I want to build that reputation to the point where it's like, ooh, turn to me for a 500 batting average on the way life is going to turn out for you out there? Not necessarily, because then what I am inviting is agenda from other outside influences that say oh well this guy's batting average is 350 i want him on my team this guy's batting (laughs) average is 350 i want him to forecast yeah i don't want to do that no but at the same time i don't want my batting average to be well you can't skewed the the idea is not to get a ton of bats in my opinion Uh, you want to be, but care, I want you. But what if I do want to break some records at the same time? What if I do want the most, the highest on base percentage? Okay, I mean that's fair enough. But you gotta. I don't to, want to, the to most get on base. Runs. To get on base, sometimes you have to be patient and let the and take a walk. walks come to you, so to speak. Right? <laughs> got to watch a few pitches. Uh, I tell you, you one know, thing. before you get on base. If I get hit by a pitch uh, more than I have been in previous seasons. I'm going to charge the mound. <laughs> it's an eventuality. What if I tip my cap, though, and I'm pitching inside and I didn't mean to hit you? That's the thing. The batter, the batter's uh, response to getting hit by a pitch is either charge the mound or come up your next at bat and knock it out of the park. I choose the knock it out of the park uh, route most of the time. Don't want but, to get your ass whooped by Nolan Ryan. Nah, Nolan Ryan's retired and sells hot dogs now. And yeah, but you don't want to be Robin Ventura. <laughs> no, you don't want to be Robin Ventura because he was caught off guard. Um, but I'm pretty sure Juan Gonzalez would have taken care of Nolan Ryan if he was in. I don't know. Nolan Ryan was a tough guy. Yeah, he he's kind of that like old country strong guy who's yeah. got a little 
can of whoop ass he can open up from time to time. But you're right. I'm saying Tim I Wakefield's mean, the guy hitting me with the pitch over and over. Oh. <laughs> it's Tim Wakefield. But he's throwing, throwing a knuckleball. knuckleball, 55 miles an hour. I'm like, all you got to do is you got you got one pitch. Just throw it over the plate. And if I can hit it, I can hit it. Deal with it. Deal with the fact that I can knock your fucking knuckleball <laughs> out of the park all the time. Get Build a better repertoire of pitches. Yeah. That's it. Anyway, that was our little meandering sports segment. There's no, there are no sports going on right now, so we have We're to. down to like we have to create our own five horse racing tracks ah. going on, and they're and they're they're racing with no crowds, by the way. Um, you know, you probably have, I don't know, 20, 25 people, maybe a few more at bigger tracks when you're talking about a rate racing going on, so it's kind of interesting. You had some smaller tracks that made a little bit of news this week. Um, Because on Tuesday, there's not a lot of horse racing in general on any Tuesday. But this Tuesday, there are only two tracks. One was in Oklahoma. One was in Kansas. They're both what you might call smaller tracks that a lot of people don't necessarily bet. Okay. And so the Oklahoma track had $2.2 million bet on their races on Tuesday. Which withdrawals with which drug withdrawals like their normal high was like a hundred eight hundred and sixty five thousand and the Kansas track had like one point two million bet on it damn and they haven't had a day of more than you know a few hundred thousand dollars since the turn of the century you know twenty years back so it's kind of amazing how uh, gamblers are getting their gamble in. <laughs> I, I can't but knock the I'll hustle. Be, I'll be honest with you, though. If, if horse racing hadn't been on the screen on last Saturday, I probably would have ventured out of my house. I would have had a, I would have gotten tired of watching TV, and I it was a nice day, and I would have gone then to probably have done something. I might have called up one of my cousins and been like, "Hey, what are you There's doing?" There's nothing wrong with disc golf at, at times like <clears throat> these. Maybe not. Disc but golf I mean, is an open an open sport. But if there's a hundred people in the park. That's true. You know, I don't, you know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they are opening up national parks across the country, across the nation. That's why they're national parks. <laughs> but they're opening up for no charge, no entry fee, period. So they are inviting folks to do Which that is weird. Hey, travel to a national park, but don't travel. Stay at home and stay safe. Yeah, but I think there's something to be said for the containment of spread out in the open. Um, I went out multiple times with my daughter this week to a different park every every day. Uh, our favorite one was the walking trail on Meandering uh, Road. Oh, or down drive. the electrical. Actually, it's Meandering Way. Ki- yeah, exactly. Corridor. Yes. Well, no, not not that. There's a there's a secret garden area that we parked at uh, in a shutdown school where the kids, I guess, put a garden together and they're not going to be back this year. So, uh, we figured that we would just go there and check it out. And we took a a look and they put a lot of good work into it, but it was very secluded and the gates are open. We didn't hop anything. She's three years old. I'm not trespassing anything like that, but we found our nice little nook and cranny of, of quiet space there. And then there's the walking trail up and down the electrical grid of meandering way. Uh, and we walked a little bit of that, but it was, it was fun to see people on a Tuesday afternoon 
all I, over the place. I do like that aspect of it, mm-hmm. but it's kind of crazy. In the bigger cities, they're shutting that stuff down. They're, they're shutting, shutting down in the parks. parks. They're not shutting down trails. They, I don't walkways. know. Walkways. You can't. I, I don't think you can prevent people from from motion. You can prevent people from I, setting up in Central I would Park. Not, I would not be surprised if I, I if like for us locally in Dallas, just north of downtown, it's the Katy Trail. Yeah. I would not be surprised if you have more police presence. At lakes and trails. They're making sure people are keeping their distance. Because the first weekend, and that might have been this Saturday, it was ridiculous, some of the pictures that I was seeing of how many people were on the trail. And the whole maintaining six feet wasn't really happening. I was watching people on my street, kids play. Uh, and they definitely were not keeping their distance. Mythbusters, Mythbusters have already tackled the whole six feet thing and, oh, and laughed at the the what is it called social distancing? Yeah, yeah, they've already broken social distancing. I can't wait for the first horse to be named social distancing. That's going to be a funny race call. Are you going to bet on him? No. Okay. Well, you bet on cloud computing or wanted me to, and he won. He's probably going to be behind the rest of the pack. That was sorry. Social distancing, or yeah, or he may be distancing himself from the field by winning. By he he might be, (laughs) or he might be so far behind he doesn't even. Yeah, that's one part of horse racing I'll enjoy in the The next year is all the names, all the Corona names. Yes. Where are we with this thing now? With the virus, have we even? Are we being are we being naive about? I don't want to say that we've been uh, light in tone, but to a certain degree, we're we're working with what we've got from the news sources out there and the information sources. And I'll just be honest with you: it is a cause of concern that from the main sources we've gotten a lot less detailed information at this point. Well, there's a lot of unknowns, I think. But right? there should be knowns from where we were a month ago with this that are now starting to catch up. And I'm not saying that the people... Sort of, but you got to let the... Where's the data of how New York uh, took off as an epicenter? Where's the data of the flights? Well, I think that comes back, though. I think that takes a while. When I say comes back, I think that takes a while to trace that stuff back. Hmm. Like Italy and Spain have traced it back. Essentially to a soccer game, right? Yes. Um, they call this contact tracing. Yeah. That's another term I've, I've picked up. In this game, game Zero is the name of the... Game Zero. That's the soccer game ah, that they're referring the... to. Uh, that uh, took place in Italy, but it was uh, Atalanta. I may yeah. be pronouncing that wrong. Who is uh, doing pretty well? They played a Spanish club called Valencia. Their game was in Milan. You had stadium of fifty thousand plus. Yeah, and uh, all it takes is a handful of folks. The hometown of uh, Bergamo, which was basically ground zero in Italy, um, a th- third of their population made the trip and were at that game. <sighs> so they believe that, you know. Uh, Atalantia scored four goals. Mm-hmm. So you had the Atlanta fa- Atlantia fans, you know, definitely cheering, hugging, doing whatever they do. But when then, their team but then wouldn't, have the, wouldn't the other fans have left early? They didn't, but they, but they also caught it, and they went back to Spain. 
Oh, and that's why Spain's getting hit so hard? Perhaps. Okay. That's part of that thought process is that this soccer game may have been a big um, conductor, I guess, in the, the spread uh, of the virus in both Italy and Spain. So uh, that, that stuff, I think, takes a while to backtrack. Would we okay? Like I th- like I also read today where they think they might have gotten almost patient patient zero in China, and it was a woman who did sell shrimp in the wet market, um, and I think I don't think she went into the hospital until in, in December. And I think they had a case before that, but I think they're considering her like they were able to trace back like thirty something cases back to her uh, as far as spreading. Um, the virus and she had some interesting comments and it's hard to trust some of this news but she's like i get the flu every year i just thought it was the flu again <laughs> it's like how do you get the flu every year in that wet market i guess okay it's another story but <clears throat> so I, I don't know that they'll be able to trace back new york this quickly this i think they'll quickly. be able to trace it back oh i can trace it back okay oh, yeah yeah on 2 months ago I don't have the exact date. Actually, I do. January 22nd, I posted an an investigative journalistic report on the fact that planes from Wuhan were still landing at JFK Airport. So all of that hoopla, and actually this little tiny little tracker that is accessible, it's uh, uh, flightaware.com. You can look at it historically. So you can see that on a day-to-day basis, well into the early parts of January, and of course we've established on this show that this was going on in China. <clears throat> every two to three days. Every like two to three flight. days there was a, a flight from there to New York. 300 people every two or three days. That's why I'm saying this thing's been here since mid to early January. Now, let me know if I'm overstepping my bounds here. Yeah, you are. <laughs> before I even get into it. But this is one of them where I can't lay down. Okay, President of the United States comes out and says, if it weren't for our early restrictions on China, you'd be dealing with a lot more sick. That may, There may be some merit to that. You have to admit, though, it was January 7th before it was actually announced that it was a novel coronavirus. But then I hear things... Like, I I think China knew before then, but I don't think the actual real announcement was until January 7th. But there have to be... This is Intel. This is the dropping the ball of Intel. Because we had... We knew about the Canadian thing, uh, the Canadian AI that picked up on all that. Certainly, there's some Department of Health or the World Health Organization... Sure, the CDC, I think, has to come in, right? Yeah. So... Lone Star part me whenever you feel comfortable. Are there entities that look at this and say, let the shit, let, let it happen? I don't think so. Or let's see where this goes? No, I don't. I, I think this is just ignorance, honestly. You probably had a handful of people. Yeah, I, I agree. Jumping and screaming. This is a huge deal. This is a huge deal. Um, we were doing jumping jacks. Or at least I was. Yeah, and it's hard to it's hard to say, and they just got ignored. 
because in our lifetimes, nothing like this has really happened. Like, we've, we went through SARS, but it never really got to us, right? Swine flu didn't really impact us too much. So oh, I mean, you'll hear the pundits say swine flu had millions of cases and uh, yeah, a higher true, death count. True, absolutely. But, I, but it didn't impact us at this level, right? No. So... So when you so you have a little precedent with some outbreaks and issues before, so you have this false sense of security. That's dangerous waters, it man. Is, but, because, we, but we all do this. Yeah, but what other areas do we have a false sense of security probably in again? A lot. A lot. Yeah. This is Lone Star Park me whenever you feel the need. I believe that this could be a ball of all of the areas that we were weak in before going in. And this is a singular event that is highlighting every single one of them. And still, there's a a negligence to, to that fact. To the fact that this is an event that should be ringing all of the bells, not just the health infrastructure, not just the epidemic uh, preparedness across the world, across the U.S. It should be ringing all of the bells. Meaning, if there are groups of people out there that are still bent on, on spreading fear and spreading terror across the world, this is... Educating them on weak spots. And there has to be a response to that. There will be, right? That'll This will produce more awareness. And in fact, it may lead to some over... Um, it's interesting. Over, over reacting to certain situations. But Have you seen what's happened in the last week? As far as domestic terrorism is concerned? And what they're chopping down on they're they're taking the folks that go out and i like this they're taking the folks that go out on social media and cough on produce and then say i got coronavirus you're getting hit with domestic terrorism absolutely uh they they nabbed a guy in like missouri who was planning on shooting up a corona hospital because he thought that uh people who believed in coronavirus were leftists who were trying to get the president out of office, blah, 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 blah. He took his extreme. Okay. So they're clamping down hard on those sorts of reactions. I uh, see. Now, part of me wants to remain eternally optimist about this because I said it on episode 19. I don't believe that some of those issues even exist anymore. I don't know that that extreme terrorism from foreign entities even exists anymore. I just don't. I can look you dead in the eye and say, I don't, I don't think there are natural enemies to the United States or any part of the world like we think. I, I I just don't. Now, that might be me personally letting my guard down. Yeah. But I just uh, don't. So, with the reach to hit us on our soil, I, I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. It's not like 1999 anymore. It's not 1992 anymore. I just do not think... There is a group that can surpass the level of surveillance that exists. You're like, why would you even 
dare to try that. Not not dare to, but um, yeah, there's no there's no. I don't know. It's well, it, I, perhaps some people that's all they've known their whole entire life. Yeah, but I think that and way of life is done. It's it's dead. I don't th- I, I, don't I don't think know, there's man. any. I, I think there's. I think it's been that way for thousands of years, honestly, that you've had a certain... But the U.S. has been around for 300. Well, I'm just saying you've had a certain set of people that have an idea or belief and will go to the ends of the earth and kill anyone in their path uh, to try to get what they want. I I think that while you don't necessarily have that from uh, a military standpoint that you may have had in earlier times... Uh, you still have that, though. I mean, right now you've had 50-plus years, the whole Cold War, right? All these third-world nations have been used by either the United States or the Russians in one way or another so for their a, agendas. So you've really vendetta. upset yeah. some people. You've really put people in bad situations. And in some t- cases, we've been friendly with people in in some years and then turned cold soul- shoulder when they needed help, right? But... But what if we're the big bads in all that? We kind of are in a, so, in a way. So looking at the like rest of the cre- world. We've created that situation. And here's where I'll give the rest of the world a lot of credit. What I'm saying is the rest of the world is willing to not only forgive, but also probably turn the other cheek to all of that and say, we just don't want anything to do with the big bad anymore. We just want to do our own thing. And religions at the heart of a lot of this, though, right? Um, okay, so let's talk about that. How does this impact religion? I, uh, I think it galvanizes it in a lot of ways. I mean, my father, who I would not have told you is an extremely religious man, has mm-hmm. recently hit me with a few religious videos, and I find myself at a crossroads of, um. What kind of videos are we talking about? Uh, like it's just a, sermons about coronavirus. It's no, uh, the, it's a short clip about Bill Gates and him wanting to. Um, oh yeah, the the clip of the pandemic preparation and all that. Well, it's the new thing with the way of knowing if somebody's been inoculated or not. Oh, the, the chips with the chips, yeah. right? And so, how is that being spun by religious entities? I'm not going to tell you that I've spent a lot of time listening to it, but it's very much like it's hocus pocus and it's going to harm you. It's a, it's a way of tracking you. Well, isn't it though? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to judge uh, on that, but yeah. to immediately jump on that boat and to then have video and now influencing oh, people that way without actually reading or researching, you know what I'm saying? To immediately go there. Um, especially when you went there and said, Hey, um, the sun revolves around the earth. Oops. Got that wrong. Uh, there are witches and they have to be burned at the stake. Oops. Got that wrong. Uh, People who eat shellfish are evil. Oops. Got that wrong. I mean, we have this history of, Hey, the world's, how old is it? 4,000 years, 6,000 years. Oops. Got that wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, at at a certain point you lose um, faith. Not faith. Okay, good. You lose um, merit when you merit 
you you don't have when you tell your me, batting average isn't so good. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. Okay, it's pretty shitty batting average, and but, but and the whole point. But that doesn't make you a terrible relief pitcher. It, it may not. It, well, yeah, it may. It may because batting uh, but, well, batting averages for relief pitchers. You're not in there to to hit. You're, you're in there to. True. <laughs> but but anyway, yeah, gotcha. Uh, it's put me in a weird position to where. Uh, how far down this path do I go? So I've tried to be open in that I've watched most of the sermon and I watched the thing about Bill Gates and I just, it's, uh, you know, I just want to, I want to tell my dad, what the hell are you doing? Why are you listening to these people? Um, And that's what makes me think they're probably galvanizing some people, especially, um, I, I can uh, older people. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, how do you think the older people? The I want to say that the majority of our elderly population in the U.S. was probably raised Catholic to a degree. Well, that's probably one of the not here in the South. In the South, you're talking about Baptists, probably. Okay. But they're of Christian. Oh yeah, religion. definitely. How? <laughs> This is an interesting question. The 65-year-old and up crowd. How are, what are they psychologically thinking this this is? Can, can we even tap into their frame of mind? I haven't spoken with enough of them to really form a really good opinion, but you kind of, I, is this apocalyptic to them? No. I, I I think, you know, I was mentioning earlier, I think they have more of a this isn't going to hurt me. Um, but why vibe. is that? I don't know. Okay, because so, maybe because they've lived through a lot of different things. What if some of them believe that this is this That's is their calling? Too. Yeah, and that this is their way. This is they a rapture-like event. Yeah, for that, them specifically. And that's where the sermon was going down the lines Interesting. of it being uh, the end of times. Here okay. we go again. But it is perhaps the end of times for that demographic. To a certain degree, not for the entire demographic, of course, but you can understand how if a disease is out there that kills 15 to 20 percent of the 65 year old population, there is a quantifiable measure of, of merit for it to psychologically affect you on a, well, damn, if I walk outside, I have a one in six chance of dying in the next month. This isn't something that happens outside of war drafts or anything of that nature. And it's happening on a quote-unquote natural uh, level. There is some merit for the case that this is some event for people who believe I don't that know that there is merit there. Okay. There, there is, this Why? is an opportunity to influence but what if belief actually does influence? And that's a scary slope to walk down. But what if what if this has been brought upon by it's it's weird, right? It's like you go to church for a hundred years or hundred and fifty years or however long the, the general two thousand years. No no the the general United States population has been um, going to church. Okay, 250-ish years. In large, like large sort of, like the, I mean, the settings that they're in now, where it's like a preacher and a crowd of 500 or more. How long has that been going on for? Well, 
the moment you a, a city reached a population level, <laughs> that's been going on since okay. then, I would imagine. What I'm saying is, can you will things to happen if you believe them strongly enough? There is a book of the Bible dedicated to end times. If someone reads the Bible and lives by the Bible... Part of controlling you mm -hmm. is making you fear. So yes, there's going to be a fear element. But there is a fear element to this that that we have to be clear on. The sooner you you face that, the the quicker you get to the the resolution of this whole thing. But what you've got is a lot of folks denying the fear element as well. To the ignorant that are out there, the the youth. It's such an interesting conversation now that I think about it. Because the youth don't have a lot of that religious background that the old do. And I think that that has... But then again, we opened the show saying that the young and the old are treating this sort of similarly. Now, here's the the catch. Maybe the, the old are treating it casually because of some different reasons. Maybe the young are treating it casually because well, they, feel they just don't know. Yeah. Right. What is that? Sp- there is merit for... I, I get into this conversation. Uh, we've known each other five, five, six years. So th- let me know if this, if this is not... If this, we should save this for year eight or nine, whatever. <laughs> there is a lot of good... If religion is is done, if religion is handled in hands that are respective of what religion can do, it can it can create a platform, a, a starting point for well, people that do not have one. And I think it did that with a lot of of elderly people who were coming out of World War II and had seen calamity, the worst of the worst, and they needed. They needed something. And in the 50s and 60s, after seeing all of that, I I can't go back in time and say what I would have turned to for solace and for something. It could have had the it opposite. It wasn't a TV. Of, could have had the opposite effect, honestly. But you'd when seen you the see opposite those already. Things, no, when you see those things, you could have just come away thinking there is no way there is a God to let this happen. But, but if you have any sort of just reasonability in stepping away from it and saying and, for every and most of those guys i feel like kept that to themselves and didn't talk about it that much and they were probably already god-fearing when they went it's not like they found religion after the war no i'm talking about the general population though the the population that saw the highest peak of evil on the planet that you could possibly see Millions of people being ushered into gas chambers. But they had no idea that stuff was going on until the war was essentially over. Really? Yes. They didn't find the first camps That's even more disconcerting. They didn't find the first camps until nearly the end of the war. That is scary to... 
Well, I mean, it's how much hidden. have we grown from that then? Oh, uh, but no, well, no, we're catching up to data. It's the same thing. We're catching up to data. We don't know the reality of things out there right now. We well, can sure tap into them. We can tap into them, you, you know, but we're not more informed. Now. Information's almost instantaneous now, whereas it took a long time to travel back then. All right. And that's less than 100 years ago. I don't want to deviate from the uh, the spiritual discussion that we were just having too much, because I think it's an important one. Uh, the elderly crowd that, I don't know the numbers, but I would say are God-fearing, for the most part, a large chunk of them, and there hasn't been anything in their life that has steered them away from that. And I, I don't, I don't know. I love my grandparents to death, and I think they, you know, believe in God, believe in the Bible. Not churchgoers, and I think there were a lot of people in their generation that were that way. That's good, yeah. but the Book of Revelation doesn't need a preacher telling you what what what's in there. If you've read the Bible and you just skipped over that part, then. You didn't get the whole story. I have not stepped foot in a church in 15 years outside of maybe like a, a Easter mass or a Christmas mass uh, for the sake of accompanying my family that really just asked me to go and be a part of that. And I, I was willing to walk in and say, okay. But I've read the Bible on my own accord. And I am a type of guy who puts pieces together for himself Outside of influence, I would hope that I've proven that in our friendship to the fact where I can think for myself. I don't just do that with news stories. I do that with some of the most important documentation that I believe has ever existed because, in a way, it's exactly what we're doing here in a different format. We're speaking in a microphone a reality that we're observing and we are translating it into words that we hope are indicative as accurately as possible of the reality out there. Now, I get how that can be spun. In a hundred years, in the next hundred years, somebody could get a hold of our stuff and they could just edit it. Yeah. They could just put add out reverb. their version. <laughs> they could put out their version of meandering. But the thing is, we know that there is a real version of meandering. There is a a single starting point of meandering. And there are conversations that exist. Now, here's the really interesting part. I don't remember half of them after we have them. So we have the conversations, and I can't recall every single you can somehow, some way. You say, I lived it. I don't need to, I don't need to re I don't need to listen back. I don't know how you do it. I don't I don't know how you remember two hours and fifty minutes of the ins and outs. You probably don't. I don't. Okay. <laughs> but you also have no need to revisit it and recall it. No. Uh, is that because be. you ha- is that because you have enough I'm comfortable faith with in, it. Okay, in yeah. the, in the conversation. Okay. I could probably listen back and probably give myself some pointers in communicating or find some places where I didn't fully make a point and then bring it up on a future episode. But honestly, I'll just let the moment be. So here's the thing. And if you think this is a dangerous way of thinking, then let me know. I personally do not believe it is. I believe that there are multiple things being said in our conversations, just like there are multiple things being said in words on a page. And we've proven that 
somebody reads a page. We can see the same event and come away with different interpretations. Yes. Life of Brian. Great movie. <laughs> uh, Monty Python, right? Yes. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, you ride should that see wave. it. All right. You should see it. It's it's definitely worth it. Okay. Over time, we have to get better at reducing the amount of misinterpretation. That'll. I don't know that that'll happen. I think there's too many people who thrive in misinformation. And honestly, I think spiritually churches thrive in misinformation. Then what you do is you bring something to the forefront for them that has to shake them to the foundation and say, hey, it's okay that you got, oh, it's okay that you're batting 125 because somebody out there is batting 400. And you, you, now wait a second, you can watch them bat and watch how they warm up in the on-deck circle and watch how they struggle maybe with the knuckleball, but they knock the fastball and the curveball out. And if you're really good at something that they're not really good at, maybe you guys should work together so you could bring your batting average up a little bit the problem is that <clears throat> that sector of the world is extremely closed-minded they're not very few are willing to have any sort of philosophical discussion or discussion on how things may be better presented or better for people that's an extremely closed-minded i mean how many people have used it as an excuse to be racist I mean, people have used it as an excuse to, be a to sex kill a offender. Yes. I mean, there's so much closed-mindedness there. I don't... When, when someone is a very religious person, generally I do not look at that person as being an open-minded individual. Interesting. They may be. What's your um, definition of religion? I've never asked you that. I don't, what do you mean? Like, just like, just not nondescript. Um, like, if somebody is religious, what do you... What's like your default like thought about what that means? My stereotype of, yeah, a, of it's a okay. religious person? I, I don't I mean the one stereotype I would have would be um they're probably not as open minded uh as, what if someone as the says next person. Spiritual? Um that says something more of an open mindedness because they're not Why? Isn't that weird? It is weird. Mm-hmm. Because we're not talking about because what you're, ta- what you're telling God? the people in, yeah. in religion is that they don't know God. And that's okay. I think that's okay. I think that's the shattering moment that needs to be translated to folks of a religious upbringing. Is that maybe you don't know God like you think you know God. And you're getting in the way of getting to know God by sticking to what you think God is. And maybe maybe they are met with... Maybe the, the smoothest transition is to give them the God that they always thought was God. And that's how you usher him out. Maybe everybody gets their Burger well, King way. As time goes by, right, there are new versions mm-hmm. that come out. They change... The way they interpret some of that stuff, it just seems slow to me. Um, we haven't seen one in 500 years. 
A major one. The King James. I want. Well, no, wait a second. The NIV, mm-hmm. I guess. What are you um, reading? Oh, you're well. actually on the page? <laughs> you're already there? I want to say the NIV is the most recently uh, reputable translation. The New International Version, right? Yeah. So... But there are that's just a that's from like the eighteen hundred versions too, but yeah, yeah, but they'll but what maybe what I'm talking about is today's um, preachers, fathers may pick and choose the parts to talk about, yeah, um, that are more relatable to uh, common issues from today and mm-hmm. won't hit upon uh, some of the things that just don't make sense in this day and time. So again, it kind of goes back to, in my opinion, being a little bit manipulative and not completely transparent. And they have to have people. I mean, there's so much wrong with religion, but I I agree to a certain extent. There there can be so much good with religion. The sense of community, supporting each other, um, and you could be walking. you could replace the word religion with government, and everything you just said makes the same amount of sense. Yeah, I mean, walking each other, helping each other through things. I, I think that they play a key role in our society, and I wouldn't want to see religion go away. I just it's not for me. No, but and <clears throat> but what if it? What would it take? No, no, that's not a, a fair question. Because uh, yeah, I don't want anybody to think that converting. Even though we've had discussions on David Crush, <laughs> I don't want anything or anyone to think that converting people to a certain way of thinking is at all any goal with any of the conversation that we're having here. But well, what would it take some of our convers- for you? Let's to- be honest, though. Some of okay. our conversation is to influence. I'm not necessarily. I mean. It is whether we want it, whether we've thought this out and made a plan. <sighs> mm-hmm part of our conversation is influencing each other. I think it happens a lot. And I don't necessarily... Thin line between influencing each other and finding a common ground. Perhaps, but I'm trying to bring you around to my way of thinking. You're trying to bring (laughs) me around to your way of thinking. No, I don't. Yeah, we do. Do you want to know my way of thinking, like, that, that? what that would mean? That would mean that... Eventually, Morgan, you realize that it's nothing but synchronicities out there and that learning how to understand them is how you improve your spiritual standing in life and how you progress yeah, so from I, tier to tier to tier. I feel like and you, you ascend in in being yeah. on this planet. Yeah. You feel like I'm trying to get you there. Maybe I am, but I'm not. I'm certainly not. Well, maybe I just did it in a vacuum of time. <laughs> That was easier than I thought. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. We are right, but that's good. It is to a certain extent. It is. I'm trying to accelerate what I believe can help you in the long run, whether or not I have any involvement in it. Like you don't, we don't need to talk about it day in day out. We can talk about it once a week within a, a 30 minute window of of three hours of recording that we have. You can not know that I'm doing it. <laughs> you don't need to know. I don't need to know that I'm doing it. But to know that it is happening, whether or not we're cognizant of it, that is, if you can prove to, if you, this proves a strong word, but if you can prove to someone that it's happening without 
saying, hey, see how this is happening here, 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 and here? If you go home on your own accord and you say, wow, we actually did talk about a lot of meaningful stuff that I didn't even realize we were talking about, and then you see and you observe it, not in the hellier way where it's like, holy shit, uh, <laughs> this is happening now? Not in, in that, maybe sometimes in, in that front-facing of a way, but if you just acknowledge that there's something there, then what you do is you squander every single opinion that says there's nothing there. And that, that's more than I can say a lot of people do in their entire lifetimes. Even if you just introduce the smidge of the fact that there's something there, you open up the realm of possibility completely especially from someone who came and I'm not saying you did but especially if you did this with someone who came from there's nothing there to there's something there I don't know that nothing there limits impossibility or po- possibilities it, nothing there is the limitation of possibility no mm. I would be very interested in one day having a round table with a variety of spiritual backgrounds not that we haven't had one here we have well i would say i'm not a you know i would be more towards ancestral spirituality the spirits of my ancestors uh that sort of thing versus uh the bible and the church that it is today i I don't Mm -hmm. i have nothing against I, I do have some things against. I feel like they influence people in many wrong ways and they do a lot of wrong and they don't like when, uh, but more, are you, re- when, so you're responsible selling, for all 500 people's way of taking it is what you're saying. Like you if mean? you're, if you're the church and you're the preacher, you go home at night, like thinking, man, I really hope Joe Bob didn't take that the wrong way. You have to do that because that's tough to do. That's, we we talk about it all the time. You read a story and we both come away with a different interpretation. <clears throat> These guys are telling a story that they read and they, they interpreted it their own way and they're trying to... I get it. Some people are doing it completely er- erroneously and in manipulative ways, but there are people that are trying their best out there. Well, to- here's my problem though, is, is when the guy is manipulating... No one says anything. Mm. There are how many church leaders stood up when Jim Baker or whoever was selling the the <laughs> curing tonic for it needed, coronavirus? It how many government? How many religious people stood in. up and said, "Hey, that's BS." Right? No one did. We did. We're not religious. I mean, well, no church stood up and said, "Oh, that's absolutely ridiculous." Church meandering stood up, and and you know, even in a in a smaller level, when something happens like. A pastor steals from the church. They don't turn him over to the police. He just moves on to the next church to steal from them. They just say, okay, can't preach here anymore. You stole from us. But we're not going to turn you into the police. Go on down the road. Mm. I mean, I I feel like if you're going to preach to me and tell me how I should live, when someone is breaking the rules or breaking the law, you should be the first that stands up and says, you need to be held accountable for this. Instead... It's hide, 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 sweep under the rug, sweep under the rug. We can't let this bad bad stuff get out. Or if the guy across the way is selling some creepy tonic, you know it's wrong. You just don't say anything. 
I think you got to be a little bit responsible, have a responsibility. Maybe there's new, well, and, and, and then maybe, maybe there's businesses well, a, to be made out of that. Maybe perhaps. there are well, religious probably, oversight committees that need to police well, that sort of stuff. And I'm doing a blanket coverage over mm-hmm. religion. There's probably are pastors and preachers who are like, pissed off about it but but there's no better business bureau it never yeah it never hit to where i was able to see it or notice it and i i just you know well maybe we just created an industry for ourselves no i'm not i I do not want to be in religious oversight you don't want to be the better business bureau no i don't i don't don't want that battle every day Man, I welcome that battle. Uh, you know, that's day. that's one of those that gives me tired head that I'm just like, I okay, gotcha. uh, you know, you win. Uh, where do I sign? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I, I, I can I can empathize with that. It is uh, it is rough to engage in that sort of back and forth. I do enjoy it from time to time with people who like to have the conversation. Um you know, but you know that's that. There's another part of it that drives me a little bit crazy, and it's the whole like, you got to do this. Uh, you know, you got to be saved. You really need to get into baptism. This. Um, you know, in high school, I'd have a, a friend or two. I had two friends actually that when they found religion in high school, that's all they could talk about and wanted me to go, wanted me to go, wanted me to go. And it's like, I want to go. Why are you trying to make me go? Um, when I had a niece recently in the last two years find religion and basically was like, well, I can't hang out with uh, my family anymore because they're not the right type of people. Meanwhile, she has yeah, a tattoo. With that. She, meanwhile, she has a tattoo on the inside of her lip that says, fuck you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of that part of it. That, There's like, a lot of contradiction. Yeah. And then when she, she starts to tell me how dinosaurs are fake. Mm. You know, you start to get... That worries me about stuff like that. Like, okay, so we went around and buried all these things just to dig them up later to say that they existed for so what you can So you can purpose? understand... So you can understand why there are people of my mindset because we had the same conversation about ignorance and letting stuff slide. And... The fact that the, all we do is let stuff slide. The problem is this is being taught. I know, right? but 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 what you're saying, and I, I'm with you. It's a tougher battle to wage when I I, I get why you stay away from those sorts of. Well, and with this individual, but you're not confronting your. Oh, your with niece. this individual. Oh, absolutely. Oh, you did. Okay. Well, I, I'm in a lot of ways. I'm kept. Away. I've been. But I was you're not kept confronting your, the millions of nieces that are out there. No. That are, okay. In, in a lot of ways, I was kept away. From my niece, um, <laughs> because people knew that you would that I would not react. let it go, I got you. and that it might turn into a much deeper argument. Now, and, and you know, it's you, crazy. Years later, mm-hmm. definitely, ha- she has a different, different, perspective. more tolerant perspective. It's, it's maybe it's just that initial phase that drives me a little bit crazy that people will get so fervent about, and well, but. Yeah, I just, I can't do that. I always appreciate the people who... I can match fervor with fervor. That's the interesting part, is that uh, the intensity that I get from, like, someone who's ultra-religious or even uh, atheist, for example, I can... It's the bowling argument, we always say. Like, we match our the level of our competition. I can do that spiritually. Uh, I, I, yeah. can, I, I can do that very consistently. Um, because... 
I believe I am a very open-minded person when it comes to a lot of core beliefs. I do not shrug anything away. Uh, I do not... If something makes sense, just like it does in the news, in real time, I can say the same thing about historical cases and historical information. If it makes sense, I, I'm on board. If, uh, if it doesn't make sense, and it doesn't hold up very well. Yeah, not so much. Well, Ten Commandments makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a good way so to does live the, life. But so does the parting of the Red Seas. Or, I'm sorry, the Red Sea, singular. <laughs> <laughs> it does geographically speaking because you look at the Red Sea and it looks like a split from the continent and all that could be is a it could be a, it could be a sensationalization of the fact that it was split but it can certainly be someone's best understanding of a geographical change in like the splitting of land over time and they chronicled it. Right now, there's a split in Kenya that is running through the entire country that's distinctively showing that the continent of Africa is being split. Now, it's being split along a line that actually goes all works all its way back up to the Red Sea. So I find that a little tidbit interesting, uh, that it connects back to that split. But then I look at the Red Sea, and if you just look at a map... You see a thin body of water that would have been flooded from a bigger body of water if it had split. Like the water would have poured into it from a larger body of water. I want to show. I want to show you the map. Yeah, because it just it adds up. And obviously, if somebody says, "Okay, but." This little Gulf of Aden area here, which feeds into the Arabian Sea. Okay. If this was connected at one point and split, the water fills in naturally from the larger body of water, and it just works its way in. Why it didn't split all the way through to Israel, beyond me. So, the Kenyan news story is actually old. It's like from a year and a half ago. I don't think it's that old. Or actually, I should say, it's much older than that. Right. Right. It's it started uh, a while ago, but it's now being noticeable. It's called the Great Rift Valley. Yes, but the article itself, um, like bringing this to a forefront, is from 2018. So yes, there there is a large rift in Kenya that is splitting the continent apart, and over the course of a thousand years, you bet your ass that it's gonna. It's going to split it apart. Now, where is it splitting to is what I found interesting because it is running north through the Ethiopia. tectonic plate. Yes. So it is actually connected to the Red Sea. Now, what that would indicate is over the course of a thousand years, the Red Sea would flood into that crack and become a larger Red Sea because it wouldn't. That'd probably be a different sea, but maybe. Maybe. Maybe a parting of a different Red Sea. You have the Red Sea and the Green Sea or something goofy like that. Yeah. We've already got the Black Sea. Geography is interesting. Geography is kind of like numbers in a weird way. It can The answers to history are hidden in our geography in many regards, whether it's down to the fossils down to, or the just the overhead look at how everything matches up. Like where's the actual center of the map when it comes to us? 
like what is isn't every place like the exact center of the globe like i know there's an equator that runs across but weird question like where's the center of the earth what do you mean geographically like is there a country that's in the middle of the earth I, there's no, a north because south. we're on the outside of a globe, essentially. <laughs> yeah, okay. So no one's near the center. The, or the center's everywhere, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, if you're in Indonesia, you're in the middle of the world. Yeah. But if you're in the Democratic Republic of Congo, you're also in the middle of the world. If you're in Antarctica, you're in the middle of the world. Correct. I just don't understand how shapes work, maybe. I don't understand how you can have a globe, and I'm not not doubting that, but I don't understand how you can have a globe, and you can have every place be the center of the globe. Like, if I draw a circle right now, which is arguably a sphere, it's the beginning of a sphere, of a spherical shape, I put the, the dot in the middle, the dot in the top right corner isn't in the middle but what you're telling me is that and i agree well it just I depends on which slice of the i know of the globe it's weird. you've sliced it's weird like but the poles would be technically in my opinion the barometer would for be north the middle. and south oh oh okay uh, top yes. down bottom down yeah you're right if you're looking at it from the side then it's a little it's different like, yeah i don't know I, but that's Again, my point of view. <laughs> Freaking weird. Anyway, that's weird. a mind-bending one. But yeah, um, the Great Rift Valley, Kenya, splitting into two. Yeah. Some people say that's biblical. Perhaps. Look, it's a great set of stories. It really is. <laughs> they should make movies out of them. Oh, wait, they did. They They have. But what if you can do more than make movies? <laughs> what, Save the world? No. What if you can? What if you can add a layer of um, reasonability to them all, to to where it's like, okay, a reduction of the fiction and the fanfare and the. I'm fine with the fiction, okay. honestly. Okay, so you. I'm you fine like with the, the sensationalization of okay. a story. Absolutely, I'm, make, I'm perfectly fine with the Noah story. But are you okay with with the parts that might be accurate at the same time? Yeah. Like, it's okay to say, yeah, maybe the Noah thing is exaggerated because putting every single, a pair of every single species right. on a single boat would require a very large boat. Yes. <laughs> at, the, at the bare minimum. But what if it was just, you know, 100 species on a boat and there was a flood? I mean, I could see how there could be a flood. And I could see how there could well, be a guy who wanted to protect as much of the wildlife as possible. There is a flood story for every ancient civilization. But, so I think that's enough evidence to say there was a flood. Yeah. And I'm fine with the Noah story being the story of the flood. He was just the first, like, animal lover. Sure. It's okay. Yeah. I have no problem with that. It, you know, it's, but nobody's it's, living their life like saying you have to believe the Noah story to, no. to like buy the book. No, it's just the money aspect of it. Yes. The, um, you know, I I take okay. So if you are 
a murderer, somebody will come preach to you on on death row uh, to convert you uh, yeah. to save your soul. Um, if you do drugs and you ruined your life and others around you, you can be saved to be a productive member of the congregation. If you were a drunk driver and ran over and killed a family of five, you can be saved and allowed into the congregation. If you dared made it the choice to have an abortion, you're fuck all, you, get yeah, the fuck you're, out. You're, you're off. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, that, that could be... That could be modern day uh, mishandling of even playing field, sort of like uh, preferential treatment. Um, well, meaning- and, and the religion's really good about complaining about the end result, mm-hmm. but never really diving into what the cause is. Got there. And yeah, got there. trying to change people at that point. Yeah. Where can I catch the young woman? who's possibly making that decision and perhaps influence her into having the baby and going up for adoption or, you know what I'm saying? Sounds like another task for the better religion bureau. Yeah. Why are we, because here's why, because carrying signs outside the abortion clinic gets you on the news and TV so that you can make more money. Proactively being in the community and changing the way people think doesn't make you more money. No, it does not. We know that. By not having a single sponsorship, right? <laughs> three and a half months into this thing, four well, it's months. It's not into like this it thing. just comes. I mean, as much as I've said Lone Star Park, maybe once they start racing again, they'll say, "Hey, Lone Star Park." Maybe. Everybody visit LoneStarPark.com. Lone have drink a bang or an uptime <laughs> before you listen to us, and you'll be on our level. Find uh, Lone Star Park on. Uh, buy Innova discs. Yeah, nah, I'm not an Innova disc guy. Oh anymore. yeah, we're MVP Axiom at this point. Axiom definitely. It's funny. Uh, my, it's sad. I have to say, my former boss, uh, I turned him on to disc golf as well. Not you, my former boss, turned yeah. on to disc golf as well. Uh, but my most recent former boss, I did turn on to disc golf, and he accelerated from Innova to MVP Axiom in record time. <laughs> It was less than a couple of weeks, and he's a big fan of Meandering, too. So, big shout-out to him. Um, he had this interesting approach that I never thought of because, A, I didn't have the money to think of it when I was in my early 20s, and, B, Axiom and MVP weren't around. But what he did was he bought, like, two of every MVP Axiom disc that is out there. I'm talking every one of them. Wow. Uh, minus the putters. I think he only has... I've got... Select. I think I've got three of their putters. Oh, nice. Uh, he started with, like, you know, buying every driver, fairway, and distance, because he's got his own course, too. That wink, wink, you're surely uh, assisted in the building of it. But anyways, he's got a backyard uh, just driving range where he can go out every day and test out all of his discs. So what he did is he just bought every one and he saw which one he played best with. So he did what we've done over time, essentially, yeah. which is buy every disc, but instead of on a weekly basis, just bought, just them, bought them all in one once. chunk, yeah. which makes sense because I don't know if you've taken note. Uh, this is, you know, meandering sports could just become meandering disc golf edition over time because it's probably the only sport that's going to go on for two to well, three Well, even months. their tournaments aren't going to be happening. Yeah, they're right? going to be lessened, certainly. But, uh, you know, there haven't been a ton of disc releases since we've taken... T- 
time off from disc golf. There's been a lot of alternative plastics, but there haven't been a lot of new discs. If you go to Infinite Discs right now, you'll InfiniteDisc.com, another sponsorship waiting for us to ha- waiting waiting to happen. But if you go, you won't see a whole bunch of new MVP Axiom stuff, and it's a little like, damn, is that our fault? <laughs> <laughs> We took a season off because you and Chris started Ubering and lifting so much that you guys don't have the time to play during the week. I do. Now we have all the time in the world. Yeah. For me, it was uh, you having a kid that killed it. Mm, dang. So blame, blame, blame the three-year-old. <laughs> no, she's getting to the age where she can come out with us uh, for sure. But, um, you know, we are already slowed down by throwing into the hazards and throwing into the woods so much that i don't know if a three-year-old wandering off into the into the the flower area uh, is conducive of a smooth round of disc golf yet but she's definitely getting to that age where uh, she wants to come out love disc golf and i think disc golf's going to see a major surge in activity um because of all this even when we get out of it in the fall uh with social distancing I don't know, man. I don't know that people are just jumping up at the and chopping at the bit at going to play, you know, at the rec um, in five on five basketball leagues. Maybe not. And physical activity is is something that people um, want to sustain. I know I've thought long and hard about getting a bike and uh, a trailer. Um, as soon as possible to go on bike trips with my daughter um, rather than just walking around everywhere. I want to I wanna get that taken care of. And eh, there's, there's stuff. There's stuff that, the good stuff that's going to come out of this. You're looking at some PDGA stuff? Yeah, I was trying to look at the upcoming uh, events and, uh, and see if they were still going on. And? It does appear that they are. <laughs> Disc golf is immune. I don't know if it's immune, but it looks like there were some canceled tournaments. Um, Well, it's just the fact that there's no government that exists that even knows about disc golf to say, hey, you can't have disc golf tournaments. But then again, at the same time, people are privately golfing. Uh, uh, Golf courses haven't closed. Yeah, ball golf. Yeah, ball golf is still out there, so... It makes sense. I'm sure the PDGA is going to restrict the audience uh, to a certain number. Yeah, they may not have to. <laughs> you know the good news? Although the Rockwall tournament had a lot of people at it. Yeah, uh, the Harry Myers one. Yeah, that one was uh, pretty interesting. Man, we had a three and a half hour conversation today. And I want to say only half of it was Corona-centric. Finally. It's not a that doesn't mean but that that doesn't mean things are slowing down. That means well there is less right. to talk about when I, it comes to the I saw a goofy forecasting. Art- yeah, I saw a goofy article that was uh uh good news, the number of cases doubling, it's taking longer to double. And I thought, no duh. Because going from 100 to 200 <laughs> is pretty easy, but going from 1,000 to 2,000 is not nearly as easy. Yeah, right. Holy cow. And there's also, but there's also, let's not, I'm, I'm glad you addressed that one. In closing, um, there's other stuff that, there's misinformation when it, out there at a fervent pace when it comes to de, um, 
sugarcoating this thing and making it lesser of an intensity than it really is. There's people saying the death rate is going down because the case count's going high. Actually, it looks like disc golf has been postponed. Just the whole sport? <laughs> All the whole month of April has postponed or canceled tournaments. People are looking at the mortality rate right now in the U.S. and they're... Well, the death looking, rate, I think, is the right thing, right? Yeah. And it's like at 1.4, 1.5%. Yeah, it's but here's the thing. It's way below the world average, I guess. 80% of the cases have been diagnosed in the United States in the last week. It does not... Right. People do not die within a week. Right. So, unfortunately, and this is Governor I, Cuomo quoting I quoting here. He He's quoted as saying, you know, we put people on ventilators if they need them. And the people that are on ventilators, they don't come off of them. They stay on for 7 to 20 days. That's like the duration that this thing keeps you on a ventilator for. And if you're on a ventilator for 7 to 20 days, your likelihood of surviving is not very good. Period. Because you're just basically, you're, you're being kept alive by the machine. And the thing is, 7 to 20 day window for... I, I really do feel like we're going to hit ugly death numbers. I don't know. I mean, what's an ugly death number? Right now you're seeing 100 deaths a day in New York City. I don't know that that's true, good sir. I don't know that that's true. Right now, as of today, you are seeing 100 deaths in New York City per day. I don't know that they're reporting 100 deaths a day uh, for the whole country, much less New York City. I'll look up here real quick and tell you. Um, there were just five new deaths today. Yeah, they reached it one day. They got had over 100 deaths. That is what I'm saying is that's the first wave of the folks that were on ventilators for the last 7 to 20. Perhaps, and, but we know it's been in New York since January. So we're three, two months in now. Yes, but we're so, not two months into thousands of people. Why not? Ha- because it, it, it all works... Damn, we're going to go four hours tonight? Really? May I, why I'm not? Fine. I mean, if we have those Wuhan flights going straight into LaGuardia, how many In people? In late January, right? Right. Okay. Every two days, you have how many people? What percentage of them is 65 and up coming from Wuhan? There's so well, many. No, what I'm talking about, though, is how, what percentage of them had it and were passing it? Uh, we, because I by that now, on the show, remember? Um, I, I, because I said by 5 now, million mass exodus. 1%, 50,000, 1%. Well, no, on those Europe. planes that were coming in, how many of those planes landing in LaGuardia had somebody that had. Okay, let's it get on real right? detailed about it then. And those, how many people a month? Those planes can that, that fly overseas. Infect? Let's get detailed about it. They probably, they're doing this at the CDC, certainly. So let's CDC it a little bit. The flights, they were nonstop, Wuhan to JFK. That tells me that it's a large frame body uh plane 787 maybe dreamliner seven triple seven uh it would minimum capacity of 300 
let's just say one let's just say one to five percent of that plane was infected say ten percent it's a nice round number okay, say so 30. thirty how many of them got into New York and didn't self quarantine all after of them right coming from Wuhan right coming from Wuhan in January fifteenth no, January twenty seventh no so, none sir, of them self quarantined I would say no I guess what I'm saying is how many people knew that they had a chance of being infected and took it under their own advisement to say, I'm going to limit the amount. One. I'll give you one. One? <laughs> Damn. Okay. Because so. it wasn't hitting the news in that, in that way when you're talking about January 15th, January 17th, January so, right. 19th. So it comes right? in waves, right? And then we shut off all the Wuhan uh, incoming stuff. But by that time, January. we've by got that time, 100 got people 100 to, affecting... To how many people in a month? Two to three. Not a month. Each, each, each. It, well, it, each one impacts two to three other people that they know. So that's three hundred people within a week that spur off of that hundred folks. That, but they're each two to three. So each person. So that's, what that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying by now. By now, you have exactly you, what you, you are have. in full blown mode, right? No. You don't think we're in full-blown mode after it's been there for two months? Not even close. The uh, problem I, is... the problem I think is, it is in full-blown mode. Uh, and, and the problem that you We're have a week to, or two from the case numbers starting to decline. <sighs> the new cases. Man, I shudder at that. I just can't... I can't see how that happens because... Well, we're playing catch-up right now Wuhan with the test. Wuhan created another Wuhan in New York City. New York City right now is not at Wuhan levels. It's not even getting there, but it will. It's inevitable that it will. I don't know that that's true. Why? Because in okay. Wuhan, you started with with a group of 100 folks that did the same thing. In New York, you, you had the same deal. The population densities are... Less, um, way less. Well, it's 11 million for the entire area there. I want to say it's more in New York than 11 no, million I think so. for the entire scope of New York, well, New what York, do you New mean? Jersey. Well, okay, New York, Newark, everywhere that's within a 15 to 30 minute drive. Because in Wuhan, Wuhan's pretty isolated for what it's worth. It's 300 miles removed from Shanghai. It's 300 miles from New York City. Is not isolated. New York City is ugly when it comes to population density it is this is in new york city this is going to be three to four times as worse than what it was in wuhan and they underreported the shit out of wuhan this will unfortunately in new york alone this will eclipse 500,000 cases in the next week or two we don't have that many tests bro there's no way they're testing 500,000 people that quickly according to the president they're rolling out millions of tests they are in the next but, in the coming it's weeks it's not like these things turn around in 20 minutes and it's not like there's that many places that can get that much going new york's preparing um, for 40,000 intensive care patients <clears throat> in the next two weeks and they they probably should they should but that but you're saying that's over prepared no probably not okay. But what I'm what I'm saying is, um, the bomb has been <laughs> dropped. It's already been there. It's 
It, but but it, it it's takes only going time to it, for, for a little bit. But Wuhan didn't take. If we're saying November, Wuhan took, I guess, January. Yeah, that's two months. That's a while. Yeah, and we're in month one two. still. We're in month two. We're in month two of the ball getting rolling. Right. Okay. We're in month one of the ball rolling. We're not in month two of the ball. Yeah, yeah, we're in month two of the ball getting rolling. But it does take, with a pandemic, well, while, dude, the mayor of New York City in the first week of March was telling people to go out and business as usual. Mayor de Blasio was saying, throwing recommendations on dinner in theaters. March well, they had 6th. Mardi Gras. Oh, that's New but Orleans. I know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, every major thing that was happening. Right. And we've addressed the fact that we are quite late in response time. That and we, is the, and we're playing catch up. So here's the thing that one of the issues that I have is we're playing catch up with tests. And we're going to see like we had 17,000 new cases yesterday in the U.S. Um, and you're going to see that number stay that high while we play catch up. Yes. But it's not a real number. No, it's two to three times higher than that. Well, it's playing catch up. So it's what it was last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. It's a little behind. And I agree with you. There's way more because we're not testing everyone. Uh, but at, at a certain point here, it's going to hit a high point. It's going to start to round down just like it did in Wuhan. Yeah. What I'm saying is that we haven't we're two even- weeks away, three weeks away. But but Italy is not – oh, man, it's – okay. This is one of the – I think this is one of the discussions where we should just wait and see how it pans out because if I make, a, if I make the prediction that I feel is necessary to make here – You should make it. It is scary. It's not scary. No, no, no. It's a scary number. It's, it's a – okay. There are. I mean, the United everyone States, at some point in their life is going to get this. The whole point is just to slow it down. Everyone's going to get this. Yeah. What I'm saying is, we're going to lose twenty to thirty percent of the elderly population in the next well, six months. That's been fifteen percent, and it's been probably it's less than that in the U.S. But we don't. But we can't say that yet because the entire elderly population has not gotten it they're on track to get it so we don't know how many people we lose once everybody gets but we do know we do know that this death rate uh has been fairly constant all across the world no it's been the opposite it's a 10 percent death rate in italy it's what i mean is that it's been a at three percent generally speaking this whole entire time three to four percent we do know. Yeah, but that that means nothing really. Well, what the longer we wait, the, the more medications. What matters is the loss of life on a city level, on a country level. Okay, but but more medications coming. I think our healthcare system is way better than Italy. I think Italy is being exposed for what a terrible medical system they have. Honestly, perhaps. Um, and so I, I mean, it's not going to impact us in the same way. We're going to have, we're ahead of it a little, only because other people had it before we got it. Mm -hmm. I hope you're right. Yeah. I I have no doubt that there could be some really scary numbers. I have no doubt about that. 
But I, I don't know that. I think we're two weeks away from New York being in in full out like it's going to get worse a little bit. territory. Sure. Yeah, to the point where people are showing us videos of how bad it is. Kind of like well, kind of like Italy. I mean, you but video has to matter here to a certain degree. Seeing Why? What, because you have to see what's going on inside of the hospitals to believe what people are saying is going on inside of the hospitals. You have to have that sort of visceral people react to video now. The general public reacts to video. It's on on Again, Facebook we cut the video that we want people to see. Nah, doctors and, and nurses don't do that. Okay. Yeah, they're oblivious to influencing you with their video in one way, shape, or but form. But what are right? they? What are they wanting to influence you on? They want to show you the More level of severity. Oh come on! If a really? if, if a hospital in Brooklyn has two thousand people in intensive care unit in the next week, and they are walking down the hall showing you people dying left and right then they're not doing it because they want more equipment. They're doing it because they want somebody to know what the hell is going on inside of their... I can know what's going on without the video from the cell phone. Then how? By by the CDC chick telling you what's going on. I, I can make sense and put it right in my head. Yes, but you can't see it. I don't need to. Okay. I don't need to to understand the severity of you something. Don't. I don't have to see you it. You don't. But the general public may. I don't know that they should. I think this is one of those things, like aliens, you just should keep from them. <laughs> because they tend to panic quite a bit. And panic in this situation is extremely dangerous. Panicking right now, you know why? Why? I saw it's a little bit. No, I, it's way too late. And I saw a little bit of spit fly across the room right there. Okay, it's okay. We just had a four-hour-long podcast, so okay. if you got it, you got it, and I got it. I am losing my voice a little bit, but that's because we've been going for well, if we got four it, we got hours. It. We got it from our buddy Chris Garcia, who went to New York at the first of March. That's who's got yeah. It. Put him on blast. It. Yeah, absolutely. Put him on blast. Still yeah. driving around. Still driving still around. Still lifting. Ubering. Still Ubering. Yeah. The guy but, came and, on here on M15 and said, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Not until there's a, I don't know, a million U.S. cases. I'll get ready to care, buddy. Yeah, I don't know if we'll. Oh, we'll see. Well, we're, there's probably already a million out there, in uh, my opinion, but. No, we'll report it. But I don't know. We'll if, report it. Maybe by the end of the year. No. By, it won't be by an end of a month. Dude. We've gone 400,000 to 500,000 in a day and a half. We're, are we talking U.S. or world? Well, we are responsible for the world numbers. We're 80% of the world cranking numbers right now. No, we're not. New York has gone from the 100 is, to... So we have the most cases in the world, but it's 85,000 of... Right. Of the... Of the... 520,000, which right. is not... What were the U.S. cases half at? Of it. <laughs> No, no, but we're responsible. We're less than 20% of the world. Oh, what I'm saying is we're responsible for 80% of the rapid growth right now. 
New York alone is, is sure, doing... but that's because testing is catching up, not because everybody's getting this every day. It's because testing is catching up. Yeah, but people are still tests. getting it every day. I, they are, but that's already slowed. Correct, but we're still catching up to like well, we're catching three, up. four weeks. So we're going to see these incredible numbers going up because testing is catching up, not because that many people are getting it today. We're going to be at a million in a week. No, worldwide. No. We're at 500, 600K? We went well, maybe worldwide, yeah, okay. because we're at 500 right, right. and 600K. Good. Because Damn. Italy Don't. doesn't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> well. Man, Iran just is incredible. Italy, too. Italy's running at that 10% I'll never listen rate. to that Flock of Seagulls song the same way again. Which one? Iran, so far away. <laughs> Yeah. I run so far away. I run very far away from oh, Iran. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, there's there's uh, a lot going on. And ah. 700 new deaths from both Spain and Italy yesterday. That's incredible. That's daunting. We are on track to get there inevitably. Okay, so we will. Yeah, we'll, we'll hit those days. We will, totals. and this is this is. But our population's far greater. And this but. is not. Uh, this is not to strike fear. This is. Uh, this is to inform, and this is also giving a lot of credence to governments that are transparent. Um, <laughs> China at eighty-six thousand and what four thousand deaths is what they reported. Some trash number like that. They're like at 80. They've been at like 80,000 for like... How um, many deaths? Uh, hold on. I'm sorry. I was resorting it here. Um, let's see. They have been at 80. They are at 81,000. They only reported 67 new cases yesterday. Uh, deaths overall? Six new deaths yesterday. 3,287. Uh, 3, <sighs> yeah, China. 3,200. All right. Sure. Italy's reported 5,000 more deaths. Than so this is some credence to the governments who are treating this respectfully and trans- as transparently as they can. Italy's still playing catch-up. Um, Spain is playing catch-up. Everybody's playing catch-up. Probably, but they're probably peaking this week and maybe next week. Yeah. China is saved face the whole time. The entire Yeah, the propaganda time. machine is now in full-blown Oh, my effect. God. Full-blown effect. But he- but hey, communism! Big, it's a great way to go about life. China's big brother in a lot of ways to the U.S. and they have bled over a lot of a lot of psychology on a government level as to how we go about things here. I hope to God we are not underreporting. I don't think we are. I think there's a, too many whistleblowers. People aren't going to let you get away with covering not some here. Of this stuff up. You're right. No. And they're not going to kill the doctors who are exposing it either, no. like they did in China. <laughs> Dude, no. how, Russia is starting to react too, and we'll talk more about them next week because their numbers are bound to go up. But uh, Vlad, good old Vlad, uh, the impaler over there, he shut down all incoming air f- travel right now. They only have a hundred and eight, eight hundred and forty cases in Russia, eight hundred and forty. The good news is they reported 182 new ones yesterday. But they're somewhat spread out. There's like five major cities in Russia, and then and it's cold, that's it. And yeah. it's very spread out. Yeah, it is. 
We are interested in seeing where, obviously, the corona talk goes in the next week. There was a lot uh, going on this week, and we did a respectful job of covering it. I mean, this is our longest episode ever, so there's that. Well, edit it down. I'll try. (laughs) M22, thank you very much for being with us, Uh, and, you know, there's... A lot of information out there, and if anyone listens to our stuff and puts it on the same level of informing them as any other source, that's pretty complimentary and humbling. And uh, Please don't more, get your coronavirus news here. I knew that was coming. That's what I do. Come here for your coronavirus opinion. That then turns into news that you could then Perhaps. have had foresight on. If you had taken us as news. Fact check us. We're not perfect. Fact check us. We're batting better than anyone out there. Okay. That's okay, right? Yeah, Yeah, get into that. Sure, whatever. See you guys next time. Bye.